DuckFest tickets are on sale now. Go to duckfeed.tv slash DuckFest. Um, they are $15. It gets you a full day of live DuckFeed and Friends podcasts in Portland, Oregon on August the 31st of 2019. Further details are available at duckfeed.tv slash DuckFest. We would love to see you there. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Psychonauts, which is a 3D platformer developed by Double Fine Productions and published by Majesco Entertainment for the PC, Xbox, and PS2 in 2005. Yeah. And this is uh, an episode, another executive produced episode. This is mm-hmm. produced by a friend of the show, friend, and mm-hmm. an all around awesome person, Gwen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank um, you very much. Additionally, it is a continuation of 3D Platformer Month. Mm-hmm. I've been following the trail of breadcrumbs uh, that started with this month, <laughs> and I think that at the end, the uh, the Hardy Boys are going to uh, solve the mystery of whether I like 3D platformers or not. <laughs> and the answer is still going to be no. I bet. Yeah, like I'm enjoying Mirror's Edge a lot more than the other two games as far as how to play them. But uh-huh. like, it's not like it doesn't have a bunch of problems too. Yeah. <laughs> I think this genre is fundamentally fucked. Um, and I'm yeah. playing the, you know, good and good and bad examples of it, but it's just like, there are things that it's interesting. Cause there are things that I think are objectively like our problems. Uh-huh. There are things where I'm just like, oh, this just was never going to work for me. Right. Uh, Cause I don't think it's that fun. I yeah. just don't think it's that fun of a mode, a game genre really yeah. for me. It's just that th- there's something very weird because I love exploring, but I do not like navigating 3d space in this way. I, and the, yeah, specifically in this way, like I love exploring spaces. Mm-hmm. I think it's like one of the most fun things you can do. There's something about a 3d platformer as opposed to like doing this in first person mm-hmm. where the level of detail and kind of the scale of spaces you're exploring changes, yeah, yeah. you know, like, so you're not like exploring rooms and seeing like tiny details and rooms in these games. Like you're exploring outdoor areas and just kind of basically seeing the geometry. Yes. You know, there, there's kind of like a weird lack of detail sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, you know, as we'll, we'll talk about like the kind of the threats like one of the one of the big things that I, I think comes through in this this game and we'll, we'll talk about is like uh, w- consequences for failure. Yeah. In games and why? Like what 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 is the thoughtfulness uh, that can be put into choosing which consequences for failure you want to have? Like, yeah, where does it make sense to have opposition to the player reaching their goals? Mm hmm. Um, what is that opposition? How to handle that? Yeah. Where does um, the like, well, like where can the pushback be most meaningfully and effectively deployed? Yes. Yeah. You know, and and do the least damage. Right. You know, the least harm to an experience if the point, you know, depending on what the point of that experience is. So that's yeah. definitely like psychonauts.txt. 
Absolutely. Um, and talk about it at length. If, even if I've kind of come down, you know, in a similar spot to you, I'm still happy we've done this month. I normally save that for the end, but like we gave it a good, we gave it a college try. Like I, I totally feel so, like we, we gave it a college try. Yeah. And we played like good examples. We played beloved examples of, mm -hmm. you know, of this and not things that were already fraught like Banjo Kazooie, where aesthetically it was just not going to, never going to be a win. And right. Like we're, not, we're not like, yeah, Donkey Kong 64. Right. As our right. flagship. 3d platformer for this <laughs> this month or anything and it's like it's not like there aren't ones that are fun yeah. like nintendo makes them they have mario in them yeah um they exist yep you know uh but it's just uh it just i think that the like the, one of the weird you know takeaways from this will be you have to be extremely good mm -hmm. to like not even necessarily to make a good one but to get over my specific like friction for this genre yeah you have to like literally be best in class mm -hmm. um and we we have not done one of those so like, we've done one before mario mm -hmm. galaxy is fun game yeah um but um let's let's get into it though because this is this i think this might be a spicy episode because this is a huge game yeah um so this is the first game by double fine um double fine is the studio started by tim schaefer after he left LucasArts. tim schaefer is the man who uh did full throttle and worked on day of the tentacle mm -hmm. um you know an adventure game legend like the other name mm -hmm. on the the uh the lucas side of that with ron gilbert yes um beloved auteur seems like a you know a fine video game uncle kind of guy he seems so fun yeah. I, I watched that documentary about this uh, -huh. uh in preparation for this and it's just like man what a cool boss yeah like he he, he just you know everything of like everything about this makes me want to like it because it's got such a sweet like story mm -hmm. like not just the game story but like the story of how it was made yeah and everything there's tons of drama in it like there's a 45 minute documentary about it and like it makes sense it's like compelling watching mm -hmm. you know so it's and a lot of that is just affection for tim schaefer even yes. though i met him once i went to a double fine party mm -hmm. when i met ron gilbert and why we got ron gilbert on the show way back in the day right and uh tim schaefer was uh glassy-eyed and drunk i'm not saying that <laughs> to impinge his character but it was just kind of funny that i was just like oh here's like this legend and he looked like a deer in headlights <laughs> and was like word slurringly drunk from huh? from shots that are being thrown in his honor at this party it yeah, was, yeah again very humanizing like yeah we, we, you know. we've, we've got a thing for creators who have a problem of getting drunk in public see also chris avalon oh yeah like i love uh, i love drunks i love my drunks <laughs> yeah 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 so you know just a, a tremendous amount of goodwill towards tim schaefer uh that kind of spills over into the things that he has made over a double fine kind of starting mm -hmm. with this big budget kind of tentpole game that established mm -hmm. a little bit of the ethos of the of, of of what they would ultimately end up doing um uh you know and i'm gonna i'm gonna pull this i'm gonna pull this point up from later in the outline but i think it makes sense to talk about here because you say like oh you just want to like this so much because of the story of its creation because of just the the obvious care and love that went into this gary this might be the biggest delta between the amount that i want to like a game and the amount the that amount i actually like do like it. yeah 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 I, another way of putting that i was thinking about uh in preparation for this episode is i don't think there's a game that i don't like that has more things it does absolutely perfectly yeah like there's it's not just you know because I, I oftentimes bring up rocket league as, as an example of a game i think is like pretty impeccable but mm -hmm. not for me yeah this like that does like the thing it does really well mm -hmm. this does so many things i think industry fucking standard yeah well. like really like, difficult yeah. things to do it does yep. very well and it does the things that it does that it doesn't do well 
interfere with that, mm-hmm. like in a way that just harms my enjoyment enough to where I don't like playing it. Yeah. You know, like the the uh, one of the things I, was, I said to you before we were talking about this before we recorded is like I love to watch a comedy movie while being irritated, having a low <laughs> level of irritation the entire time. Yeah, what, that's what the experience of this is to me. It's like being a little bit annoyed to a lot annoyed and just going between those two things while trying to appreciate jokes. Yeah, but I'm always annoyed. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's no there's no point in which I'm not like a little bit irritated. Yeah, you know, um, and that's just like it's not a. a the best way to take in the good parts of this. Mm -hmm. Another thing I was thinking about, because one of the, the, like this will end up standing as, even though like, I think that I think the, the parts of this that we like, I think we're going to keep appropriate praise on because I am so fucking impressed with them. Mm -hmm. I think this will end up standing as far as like criticism stuff as one of the only things that doesn't just completely praise this to high heaven. Right. Maybe. Um, like when I look at stuff, you know, there's, there is kind of like, a, oh, like maybe it's a little dated, but I, I was looking around at reviews and things like that. And it's either all 100 percent positive uh, stuff that doesn't only talks about the things this does well and doesn't talk about anything, the, right, the right. act of playing it or everything is portrayed in this kind of mercantile way where uh, it's this sucks, but it's worth it. But like, mm. or, you know, this thing sucks, but and then blank funny thing about the game makes it worth it or makes up for it. Yeah. yeah. And it's so mercantile and exchange based. Like people <laughs> look at this game like it's a machine that you like insert misery out of to get a gotcha pawn of joy. Yeah. Out of. And I, I know that that is a weird kind of abstract way of looking at lots of games. Mm-hmm. You know, like you put in a thing and you get something else out. This is one of the only games I've seen where that is so explicit by its uh, defenders, like people who love it. Are just like you know the meat circus is obviously the 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 big offender, but people will talk about just the platforming in general and be yeah. like, yeah, it's it's worth it for you know this specific line, mm-hmm. or it's worth it for this specific joke. Yeah, and I'm like, it's just like why is this? It just feels weird to me to look at art as this exchange <laughs> like that. That's like not holistic. Like it is a yeah. thing where you you pay a certain amount of your your effort and your happiness in exchange to get something in a different category. Mm-hmm. You know, like way, way back, like first or second episode of the show, where I was like, good and bad things about games exist together. Like it's mm-hmm. bad and it's good. It's not a meter that like washes out. You don't get, you know, this, this porridge is just right. Yeah. With games, you know, like you have to get through both of them. And yeah. this game is a real, real like key example of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it just, uh, and that, that, that is one of the things that happens when you have a game that is as kind of just as well beloved as this is when people start, you know, looking back fondly on just their memory of the thing, as opposed yeah. to, as opposed to just the, 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 the thing itself, you lack for, you lack for an integrated analysis that does more than criticize like the difficulty of the level that they patched. Right. Yep. And th- and that's okay. Like if you, if you have like really fond memories of this, mm-hmm. Like our job is not to take that away from you. Like right. we're not trying to blow any minds. It's not, you know, it's sacred cow season on, no, on no. watch out for fireballs. It's just, this was the experience I had playing it. And it, I didn't have very much fun. Like while laughing out loud, like several yeah. times, like, and really appreciating even on a, a deeper level, because I, I, instead of playing this as a 25 year old fucking idiot, <laughs> I'm playing this as a wise seasoned 38 year old and really, really appreciating things in a, in a, in a better way. Yeah. Um, while also just not having too much fun with yeah. anything that involved jumping or hitting. 
Any fights? Uh-huh. Any platforming? Any I sh- collecting? I shouldn't any... be relieved when the game switches into cutscene uh, resolution. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and I'm just like, thank goodness. Yeah. Like, like enough of this. And then when I got to the final gauntlet of levels, that is like the the final exam for the platforming stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, this sucks. Yeah. You know, like it's just like that uh, Hannibal Buress gif. Yeah. Oh, this, this sucks, man. <laughs> you know, just like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like yeah. even even personally, I can I can understand intellectually that talk, you know, that like, yes, you know, you are you are evaluating this thing, you know, in an integrated fashion. You're talking about things holistically, right? Mm-hmm. Like like if it does, you know, I I fall into a trap where when I criticize this for not being a fun game, I run up against the other side of me that's like, oh my gosh, there's so much fun. You're laughing, like the dialogue is so sharp and all that. Like, no, those are different things. It's like different kinds of fun that it engages in. But you know, it's a video game, so that one kind that it doesn't stack up with is actually really really important. Yeah, because because it, it's going to be. You know, there are there are times in this game where you're not engaging with its strongest points, yeah. but you're kind of always engaging with its weakest, mm-hmm. you know, or like for the most part, like it will go into cutscene mode yeah. and stuff. But there is just at, at any given point, you know, and it's not like I'm not saying that like walking Raz across a blank plat, like, a you know, just a straight line is misery. Right. right? It's not like all of that stuff. It is. Uh, and this is also a generality. Um, but since we're off notes, mm-hmm. um, actually, uh, yeah, I'll get to that later. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, even when you're trying to engage in the good parts, like you're trying to do the fun stuff or the kind of adventure game puzzle solving. Yeah. This game has an obsession with needling you, mm-hmm. like with having some kind of little platformer enemy shooting you from a distance or annoying you yeah. while you're trying to do an adventure game mm-hmm. uh, that I found inexcusable. Yeah. Like during this, I was just like, would you fucking bowl? If you hit me one more time while I'm trying to solve these fucking <laughs> painting puzzles, I will lose my goddamn mind yeah like the idea that just hey every once in a while you have to start over because we put in a really annoying enemy that has symbolic value like, uh-huh. that is smart yeah you know as a design thing except for what it makes me have to do as a game player yeah you know this represents something awesome in this guy's mind i love it like the symbology is great but at the end of the day i'm still trying to solve a puzzle where i'm being i'm having to watch a little cutscene where i get hit and have to start over yeah with an alarming frequency it just, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it knows what it wants to be. And it is constantly trying to force the square peg through the round hole. Like we're a platformer. Yeah. We're a platformer. You don't have to be. Yeah, you, you don't you don't have to be. And we'll get we'll get into that kind of yeah. like Monday morning. You know what? Other ways this I feel like this could have got across its strengths mm-hmm. and none of its weaknesses. Uh, but we should save that kind of for the end. Yeah, yeah. Because uh but g- g- general, this entire episode is going to have a, a patina of we love the theming, but we hate the play. Yeah, right. Because yeah, I don't. Yeah, I do not like. You know, the play was never fun. It kind of zeroed out at zero. It like yeah. this is fine. I was never like, yes, this is good platforming. This controls well. This feels good. These are cleverly designed yeah. in a wireframe. Like I never felt that. Yeah, I am playing a three D platformer. I'm. You are playing a three D platform. Um, the uh, I'm a level. <laughs> the uh it just never it never felt good enough the camera was never good enough for what i was trying to do like nothing in it felt as like inventive in terms of gameplay things as the best in this genre does yeah. you know um and it, you know and it, this is a thing too that's like very contrary to stuff i say in uh on podcasts one of the things i like about games is like a lot of times i think like oh i need my character to be doing interesting things mm-hmm you are always doing an interesting thing in this game and it still kind of sucks because (laughs) the verb you're using is the running and jumping and swinging of this game for it with the kind of like weirdly, not like brutally hard, 
like not Sekiro hard, but mm-hmm. like way too hard for its own good kind of challenge level at this. No. Uh, while doing something that has the context of being very interesting. So like, it just like <laughs> hits so many goddamn markers that I need it to hit. And yet yeah. I don't like it in my hands at all. Yeah. Your, 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 your goals are interesting. Like, okay, yes. I, I like, I, I'm, I'm going to cross America. I'm going to go from sea to shining sea. Uh, and you're doing it on one of those scooters that you rode around in, in elementary school gym class. Yeah. You're <laughs> crab walking across America. And it's like, yes, I'm going to see a lot of great sites. I'm yeah. going to learn about the history of this nation. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, to make some friends along the way. Watch out America. Here you I know. come. <laughs> but your arms are going to, you know, you're going to give yourself like triple quadruple bursitis. Yes. Like doing it. Um, So like getting, you know, getting back to kind of first principles. So for people who don't know, um, this game, you play as a character named Raz. uh, Great design, Mm -hmm. like classic iconic design. This young psychic boy who runs away from the circus to attend Whispering Rock, which is a psychic summer camp. Yes. Uh, This camp is associated with the Psychonauts, uh, kind of a paramilitary uh, organization of psychics. Uh, mm-hmm. Secret agents and stuff like that. Uh, and as Raz, which is short for Rasputin, but I always think of him as Raziel for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> no, that's, that's some kind of cross cross fiction. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Raz, he is trying to stop this crisis that has come to the camp. And to do this, he has to jump into the minds of people around him and kind of untangle their psychological hangups. And yeah. the inside of these minds is where the majority of the levels are. Yes, which is a brilliant conceit. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, let's before we get into so let's we'll, we'll, we'll switch. I, I've been doing an experiment because I was I was feeling frustrated about how when I can say like this thing about this thing is good, but I didn't like this thing, and then people come away saying I hate it because I feel like it was mixed. Yeah, and I think part of it is because I end on the bad thing. Mm. So let's do the bad stuff now, and then end this generalities with all of the praise. Yes. So let's skip over and start talking about jumping and collecting and all of that garbage. That that is and actually then, how I structure the this outline, Gary. That's great. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> phenomenal. I saw the uh, the little pre note here. Yes. About loving the theming, and I want to mm. let's do the opposite, so maybe people won't say that I hate this, <laughs> uh, even if I like spend a bunch of time talking about how it's probably the best voice acting in any video game I've ever like yeah. played. So, um, so you have the kind of expected moveset for this kind of game. You can run, you can double jump and you eventually get a glide, basic melee, you get a ground pound, uh, pretty standard. Like this was very heavily, uh, inspired by Rayman three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what Tim Schafer was playing at the time. Um, and it pulls moves yeah. from just kind of the style at the time in terms mm-hmm. of 3d platformers. Yes. Um, uh, let's talk about that platforming because, you know, that combat, uh, and the platforming both end up really suffering from the same stuff. Uh, the platforming in this is not very good. Uh, Mm. there's a certain imprecision to it that is very difficult to explain. Again, it runs into, you know, the problem I brought up at Hat in Time. I don't want to be the person who, you know, can't navigate Geralt through the door and the bar or what have you. Right. Yeah. Um, but they just, there, there is a certain amount of squishiness in the hands. And I think all of it comes down to just this really spotty collision detection. Just like the kinetics of this are extremely slipshod, which, which yeah. does not suit the amount of precision that they eventually, that they eventually ask you well they they actually i feel like they ask the other thing too is they ask for precision at kind of really inconsistent and maddening uh, amounts and like kind of spikes yeah like very early on when you get the um the float power mm-hmm. you know you get levitation and you can kind of do the uh the peach float with the umbrella um there are jumps in that first level that require you to do the um very demanding like get a running running start 
jump at the very edge of the ledge, mm -hmm. you know, and hit the uh, the float, hit your hover at the absolute top of your jump arc. Yeah. To get the maximum distance right in the very first tutorial. Mm -hmm. Like there are there are jumps in this game that happen way earlier than you think that demand more precision from you than is necessary. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we'll get into like whether any of this is necessary, right? right like right. any of the the kind of like the hardships and such, but it definitely just for the point it's at, I'm like, why, why is this hard? Like I'm still in a tutorial. The tutorial for this game is 40% <laughs> of it, dog. Like, yeah. why is this tricky? And yeah. it's not, when I say hard, I'm not talking about this being like, oh yeah, I spent like six days trying to get past the levitation course in Psychonauts. It's yeah. just adding friction of, because by the nature of 3D platformers, one of the things I realized that I don't like about the genre um, through through this month, and I've kind of always known this, but it kind of solidified it, mm -hmm. is that the most common penalty for failure is falling down to the bottom of a, a situation and just resetting up the jump. Yes. Like, um, and that sucks. Like, mm -hmm. I ended up, I was playing this on uh, PS4, the emulated PS2 version. I eventually booted up an emulator on my computer just so I could have save states, uh -huh. just so if I was making a tricky jump, there would be no risk of me having to do the setup again. Yeah. Because later on in the game, here it's not so bad. Like, you know, we're talking about maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds to reset. Mm -hmm. Later on, you can fall down quite a large series of jumps. Yeah. And to just the point to where, to the point where you don't understand why the game didn't just kill you and respawn you. Yeah. yeah. Please just kill me. Yeah. You know, and, and why is that the, like, there are level design ways to make that work. Like, you can just do ladders you can kick down or something mm -hmm. like that. Like, there yeah. are ways to, to short circuit that, mm -hmm. you know, and I have to think it's a feature. Right. Like the idea is like, oh, man, I didn't make it. I can't wait to get another chance. I'm going to get pumped during the 90 seconds in which I climb back up to this thing. <laughs> yeah. And I just I can't I can't truck with that. No, no. You know, um, um, so, yeah, very, very uh, spotty collision detection that actually applies to the combat as well. Yeah, um, there are and just the design of the enemies as well. There's not always great signaling as to what attacks will affect yeah. enemies. Um, enemies have what feel like random immunities mm -hmm. like you'll go up to a, something and smack something and that's not going to work you need to you know very late a good example like there's a late game mini boss where uh he is uh he has like super good concentration mm -hmm. you have to confuse him um setting him on fire doesn't interrupt his concentration yeah which like <laughs> makes sense to me it doesn't have any sim to it it's very mm -hmm. like uh you're on a on a very tight track yeah um and the signaling does not always suggest to you what you need to be doing Right. To to unlock the specific yeah. enemy. Yeah. You know? So like all of that adds up to just a constant a constant sense of irritation. Like I found myself wishing that I had played this game into my into my capture card so I could just kind of like make a supercut of all the times where Raz like very obviously hit the side of a platform, but it didn't deploy but didn't the mantle. mantle. Yeah. Yeah. Just 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 a bunch of stuff like that that alone is a pissant thing to get annoyed about taken and aggregate all of those 30 second 45 seconds of climbing back up to where i was you know that adds up to a really big portion of the time that you spend playing this game yeah low level patina of, of irritation yeah it doesn't help with the fact that this has this life and health system mm -hmm. uh, like a life system it's very antiquated even you know for 2005 yeah um which just means that like yes we have these things set up so you can you know, they're a little bit harder than they need to be. You mm -hmm. can fail over and over again and lose more progress. Right. Um, you know, uh, or just watch some more loading screens and lose no progress. Like I yeah. died. I just get to try again. Um, but I get to watch, you know, this like, again, expertly directed, really, really <laughs> wonderful little uh, death animation. Yep. Thing. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about like the economy 
uh, in this because this is another like huge problem I have with this game as far as a low level irritation. Yeah, yeah. So there's a ranking system, uh, and this is tied a lot to your psychic powers. Um, we when we when we talk about the combat, we ought to talk about those as well because yeah. the sloppiness of the lock on ends up being a real bummer, especially in the boss battles that require to you that require you to use specific powers. I I ended up like not really using the lock on very much because it was inadequate. Yeah. Or even like, just I, like I freeballed it. I need you know, to, for the most part. I need to TK something. I need to telekinesis something. Like it's not really absolute if you are like walking right into an object with your nose pressed into it and you press the telekinesis button that it is going to understand that you are targeting that. Yeah. You know, to select yep, that. Yep. Just a bunch of stuff like that. Again, I just I feel like I am picking nits, but these are really, really significant nits. Well, it's the primary verb of what you do in the game. Yeah. You know, like there are many boss battles based around TKing things around, mm -hmm. pulling the spears from the bowl. Yeah. Again, in that, like, like the, I have a lot of bones to pick with Black Velvetopia, but like specifically, like those bosses were the ones that underlined to me, like how much I don't like the experience of fighting in this game. Yeah. And it just, it's that fiddliness. You're right. Like it, it doesn't like I'm looking right at it and hearing the the same combat. Like I can't get a good grip. You know, like over and over and over, uh, even though it's like, I'm right here. You're fucking gripping it. <laughs> like, like, I'm looking right at it, Raz. God, I love you. Why are you, why are you such an adorable little shit? I wish, I wish you all the best. I want you to succeed. Yeah. God, I, I want to go to your graduation. I hope you get married and have kids and you love them. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be a good dad. I'm going to adopt you. Like, there's this, this whole, like, very, uh, again, that level of irritation that just, like, permeates. It, like, fills your blood. Um, so like the, uh, uh, the collection, so like the combat again is exactly as fiddly as the, the platforming as yeah, far as like, just yeah. I say fiddly, that's, it's kind of an imprecise word. Right. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the time, the thing you want to have happen in your hands, like sloppy, ideally sloppy would be the what word a 3D, sloppy, yeah. like what you want in a 3d platformer. When I hear people describe what they like about 3d platformers, it's that by moving this like little avatar around in 3d space, like you feel like they become an extension of you. There is just this line between your brain to your hands, to the controller, to the computer or to the, the system and it's just like this is an extension of me yeah. i can do anything i want and that's mm -hmm. something people talked a lot about with mario 64 mm -hmm. um and i never felt that in mario 64 but i did feel it in later mario games yeah. right so like I, I get the principle um here there is always the static interference yeah between me and raz where like i want i think he's doing this thing i have him lined up perfectly to do this thing and because it's just not super precise like mm -hmm. he doesn't do the thing yeah. and that extends to jumping and combat yep um but the economy in this is is very specifically so this is a, one of these things that we're like i'm going to complain about it and then i can also hear somebody be like yeah that's awesome yes like it's super good that this is the thing but to me it is super bad mm -hmm. um is that there are rank ups you have psychic ranks um which are tied to getting new powers every 10 ranks you get mm -hmm. um there are 100 ranks <laughs> And you get them by collecting garbage. Yes. Uh, you and the amount, the granularity of garbage <laughs> uh, that you get in this is amazing. Yeah. Like there are coins uh, that, that take the place of these uh, figments. Mm -hmm. There are uh, psi cards and psi challenge markers. Right. Which is just gobbledygook. Yep. It's just nonsense yeah. um, that you have to put together uh, to to get these ranks as well. And the friction that drives me nuts in this is that you get the cards and then you have to go buy a marker. Uh-huh. Why, why, why is that the case? Why? Yeah. why? Like, and you're also collecting a currency. So like mm -hmm. 
we've talked about four different types of collectibles that just power the move economy. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like you get currency to buy the thing, to add to the thing you've already collected, to get the marker, uh, which what, then there's like the second level where it's like, if you get 10 of them, mm-hmm. it's like itchy and scratchy bucks. <laughs> like, like the, it's like itchy and scratchy bucks. Like if I get 10 of those, mm-hmm. I get a new power. And uh, the power is like, tend to be things that supplement your combat, but never in a way that addresses any of the problems with it. Right. Like sometimes it'll be like, Oh, I can grab things from further away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make the game better about knowing what to grab though. Yeah. You know, it doesn't actually address the, the fun, like the core problems in the combat. Mm-hmm. It just gives you new verbs. Right. Uh, none of which are like super exciting. Like if, Oh, if I uh, knock this person back, they're also hurt. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it worth like this? Was it worth like <laughs> running around collecting and, and grabbing all these things? I don't necessarily think so. Um, you know, I just yeah. the, the your your mileage for just collecting coins mm-hmm. is going to vary. Uh, for me, it is not a very interesting thing to do in a video game. Yeah. And one of the massive problems that I had with this and I've played this game three times on both of the replays. This has got me. This has gotten me. Uh, even if you don't want to engage with the collectible system, like, yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way for a figment or what have you. Uh, you want to get these rank ups because there will just be times where like, Oh, you need this power and you need to be rank 30 to get it. So good luck. Good, good, (laughs) good luck farming for this stuff or good luck farming for arrowhead. So you can buy the, so you can buy the cobweb duster. duster. Yeah. 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 Just like, why, like, like, why would you put in these walls? Like, I don't, I don't understand, you know, call me lazy, but just like, that's just not a system that, 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 that speaks to me, no matter how good the actual theming of the pickups in the mental world is. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's again, let me opt in. Yeah. You know, to this, like this needs to be purely optional. And that's not even counting the fact that like emotional baggage, which is one of the things that happens and that you can collect in the game mm-hmm. is just, you know, for funzos. But there's also vaults of repressed memories, which is how you get the story. Yes. And those are an A plus find because that's mm-hmm. interesting and, and cool and you want those things. So they, they mix in with like the chaff of things that just kind of power this upgrade economy that sometimes demanded, but oftentimes not along with this thing that you really, really want. Mm hmm. You know, uh, and that is uh, a frustrating thing. Yeah. To me. Um, adding to the sloppiness. So the thing, the thing that takes the place of coins, these the, these figments are one of the things that takes place of coins. Fuck me. Um, they appear in the mental world. And these are um, kind of transparent sprites that pop up kind of as set dressing, right? They'll be themed to the world. They'll be placed appropriately. And it's kind of amazing that you are going around and gathering these figments of figments of imagination of uh, figments of your imagination. There we go. Um, however, these are 2d um, and the actual collision on them to pick them up is super specific. Like you can just straight up run Raz through what seems like the majority of the Sprite and it still doesn't pick up. And yeah. yeah, if you are, you know, trying to amass some of these, especially under pressure, you'll find yourself just kind of like circling around trying to like find the right pixel that will get it. Yeah. Yep. Um, not to not to mention the fact that they're 2D. So depending on where the camera is, like yes. you cannot necessarily see them. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to collect them all. Yeah. Right. But if you were a total nightmare. Yes. Uh, adding to this is the fact that that vacuum that we talked about, they get does psychic cobwebs, which also count as uh, collectible mm-hmm. um, is something you get partway through the game, which will require backtracking. 
you go to levels uh, that have sections you can't get to mm -hmm. until you come back, kind of in a Metroidvania way, but it only powers the collection engine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and fucks with your heuristic. Like, this is a game where even if I wasn't playing on a deadline, I would like to just like finish a world mm -hmm. and go and move on and see more of the story and see more of the the stuff I like. And yeah. Like it wants you to go back with a new tool. Every new thing I've seen has been interesting. Stop getting in the way of showing me new things. Yeah. And that feels very much of like a product of its time. Yeah. Like it, this needs to be long, yeah. you know, and it's not long. It's like 12 hours, 12, yeah. 13 hours, but there is, there is time backtracking that is spent that is not well used. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, boss fights in this game, I think are bad. Like yes. good flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, like oftentimes good flavor, but the fights themselves are, it's just not good enough in the hands for an action game. It, it leans into the weaknesses that we, that we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, I, I don't, I didn't enjoy any of them. Like I did not have fun with the experience of playing with any of them. Mm -hmm. They're too simple. Yeah. Um, and they're, uh, you know, the, the things they're too simple or too complex. Like either the things you think that would work don't work. Mm-hmm on them like there's just an arbitrary like they have to be in this mode before they can be hit um or they uh are just so video game ass as to be like just video game boss dot text yes you know like there there's literally a bowl that you toro yeah uh and this like it, it does just feel kind of like we caught we took the mean of 3d platformer bosses and just recreated a bunch of them it's it's kind of ridiculous because the, these are bosses that are composed of paper thin gimmicks when this game has demonstrated in every other regard most other regards rather at least aesthetically it can really give us some robust gimmicks mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 in terms of and again in terms of like never in terms of what you're doing yeah you know like it's always in just kind of the context of what you're around what you're doing that have these kind of like robust gimmicks and the gimmicks like, you know, that basic verb never changes. So like those robust gimmicks are things like the board game level or like the milkman level, mm -hmm. um, which is a robust gimmick, but it doesn't change the jumping and punching, which is what you're engaging these bosses on. Yeah. Except for, for this boss punches, punches don't work. You have to set them on fire, then throw something at them and then punch them. Right. Um, the one thing I was really pleased to see, and this could just be because I'm used to this as a, a general like thing that games do is that, once you figure out the uh, the problem with the bosses, they go pretty quick. Yeah. Like, or the, the solution, like, none of them have lots of health. Right. You know, like, it's just like, oh, like, I can just wail on this guy and take, like, 30% of his health. I only need to do this three times. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, so th there's a little bit of that, like, not reaching for the I get it button. Mm -hmm. It's just what I did, you know, what I was doing was not that interesting. Yeah. Or intuitive. Um, what I will, uh, one thing that I will praise about the, you know, half, half about the bosses, half about the levels, the things this game does with scale are really, really Amazing. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite, every single time it did the push in in the board game level, yep. <laughs> uh, I was impressed by the direction of it. Yes. Like every single time again, so many things in this that are just like best in class, mm -hmm. um, which is like a good, there's also some minor adventure game stuff, which is fine. Yeah. Um, it's not particularly good like it's like you find an item you walk around you show it to people like there's yeah. puzzle is really overstating it yeah what you do with the the section of the game um but it's you know i like it because it's not the platforming <laughs> right i like it because you know even if you make a mistake with it you're just exposing another piece of dialogue then you go yeah. try something else yep. yeah um let's get into kind of positives yes so let's, let's be nice um <laughs> the amount of de de attention to detail in terms of dialogue mm-hmm um that are involved in this uh 
is gobsmacking. Yeah. Um, there are, I was looking into it. So like, not only is there tons of just incidental dialogue, there's dialogue for every character, for everything you can show them, mm -hmm. even ones that you wouldn't think. Like you can take a, a late game item back to show people back at base and they have unique dialogue for it. Yep. It is full of the, like the TV tropes, like developer foresight, mm -hmm. uh, thing in that respect. And, uh, it, the quality, um, of the dialogue, both from its writing to like how it suggests, you know, these different characters, how the characters are written. And again, you know, the performance, like the performances here in direction, I don't think are matched. Yeah. Like I was like listening to this as like, none of these are awkward line reads. <laughs> none of these are, you know, there's not like unnecessary vamping, mm -hmm. you know, like there was in uh, Hatton time yeah, where it's like, Oh, like this person is maybe, you know, going a little bit too far, you know, DJ. Grooves. You know, like it's not doing that kind of thing. Um, it's just gobsmacking. Mm -hmm. Like it's phenomenal. Yeah. It, it It's really, really good. Yeah. It's pitch perfect in terms of casting, in terms of direction. Like everything is snappy. Like, like every line serves a purpose for characterization or moving the plot forward or delivering like, you know, at the, at the bare minimum, a smile out loud kind of, mm -hmm. like, kind of gag to it. Um, and it's kind of like just the right amount of, you know, fun and innocent and a little bit, a, a little bit raunchy. Like mm -hmm. it is like, this is a soft PG 13. Yeah. Yep. A little raunchy, a little dark, Yeah, but, but enough to be genuinely funny. Like it yeah. doesn't feel like, um, like a baby game for babies. Right. You know, it's like, it's innocent, but it's not too innocent. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, just, just incredible. And just again, the amount that, Hey, I wonder if I show this character this or like, what is what happens? Uh, you know, this character would have a reaction to this, I bet, and they do. <laughs> um, this character said they were going to this area. I wonder what happens if I go to that area. Oh, they're there. Yeah. And there's more dialogue <laughs> and I can continue their subplot. Yeah. Like that stuff is just absolutely just like floors me. Yeah. In this. It's it's a little bit systemy too, because they wanted to avoid you know the fatigue that comes with repeating dialogue. So like some of the dialogue is kind of pulled together randomly or stitched together in a variable kind of way. Um, mm. And it even like, will just throw in vocal ticks on occasion uh, to mm -hmm. break things up in a way that feels naturalistic so that you mm -hmm. don't kind of like fall into these repeated ruts. Now that goes away when you're fighting bosses and their barks are the same over and over again. But like when you're just walking around camp, interacting with these intensely likable characters. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's just, and Yeah. Yeah, just just really, really uh, pretty special. They also there's like a principle, like a LucasArts principle at play here. That's really, you know, when uh, there's like all those interviews and stuff and postmortems with Ron Gilbert, where he talks about mm -hmm. how uh, the impetus between Monkey Island was, you know, if you have a dialogue tree, that's a that's a chance to tell four jokes, mm -hmm. you know, which is something I've always loved. Like, that's one of my favorite things that game designers ever considered. Right mm -hmm. um, here. The way that kind of gets across is if you spam asking somebody something instead of getting a, but thou must mm -hmm. over and over, they will record. Even if you're asking the same question, they'll record five or six different responses to it yeah. that are, you know, again, not laugh out loud knee slappers a lot of the time, but mm -hmm. at least reveal character and are cute. Yeah. So there is that kind of like, even if you were kind of running in place, you're still kind of getting rewarded mm -hmm. in terms of, of, of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, it's immensely powerful. Yeah. Uh, there's a fun oh. little anecdote that like Tim Schafer, you know, for his part in coming up with these characters and fleshing them out, he was an early adopter of Friendster, 
social networking, mm. social, social networking there. Actually, that's how he met his wife. And that's so how what, I met my wife. <laughs> my wife. I've mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah. My wife. So I met my ex-wife. My ex-wife. Ex- uh, <laughs> like, uh, through, uh, through, through Friendster. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and Tim Schaefer. Wife buddies. Yeah. <laughs> But he, uh, but but he, you know, kind of like thought about like, okay, how would these kids portray themselves on their profiles and in their postings, and how would they view the other characters? So like, there are these lived-in relationships and almost like power dynamics between them, you know, like where the kids talk about each other. There's a social structure for this that kind of fits in naturally with their own little kind of quirks and you know, uh, uh, <laughs> um, traits that would otherwise be very off-putting if that was all they leaned on, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you know, so everyone's likable, as we mentioned. Um, the world design and variety um, not only is expansive and impressive, it continues to give throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, long past when you think it would give up. Like right. even the hated meat circus, which is one of the worst levels I've played through for a video game <laughs> um, on the show, is at least a unique and new design. Yes. Like it, I don't think that's that interesting. I don't think it's that funny. Mm-hmm. But it is the level. You know, it's the final world in the game, and mm-hmm. they still gave it its own unique theming yeah and stuff there there's a there's a commitment to each of these worlds that is uh, very admirable i think mm-hmm. um yep. and you know even something as absurd as the meat circus is still thoroughly considered and there is a uh, kind of just a, a discernible reasoning behind it you know yeah. it it is not it is not just lol random like you would expect something you know wh- whose lead voice actor was invader zim you know would be mm-hmm. right yeah even though there are some things that kind of like uh, kind of truck with that a little bit yeah, yeah, in a way that I think is it's weird that it gets away with it. Mm. Like if, if you told me like about Lungfishopolis without me having played it, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, that's dumb as hell. Like yeah. that's just very like that's inv- that's a little random. Yeah. You know, that, that's a that's a Jonan Vasquez uh, crumbled up piece of paper in his wastebasket. <laughs> like, um, but it ends up actually being funny. Yeah. And the, and the way they do it is just by being, you know, really great writers. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's very silly in a way that is like kind of pushes some of that little random absurdism too far. Yeah. And the, the meat stuff feels like that to me. A little bit. Like it's just, you know, that's the meat and the bacon stuff is very dated and. Very yeah. much like that, but the, the the bacon thing that was kind of ahead of the curve, actually, on bacon on bacon being yeah. good becoming a meme. You're not special yeah. because you like bacon. Bacon's amazing. Everybody knows yeah. it. You don't need to yeah. underline it. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then that is coming. We're due for a resurgence. Yep. The almost like it's a. I I bought some bacon jerky. Okay. Uh, recently, which is just bacon. Yeah. Like when you eat it, it's just like, oh, I'm just eating weirdly shelf stable bacon. Yeah. Like it's like bacon you don't have to cook or refrigerate, but it just tastes like bacon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no jerky element to it at all. And it I just... also had pulled pork jerky, and it's the same thing. It's like, oh, lukewarm pulled pork. <laughs> then I eat with my fingers. Hell yeah. Room temp. <laughs> it's just room temp, bro. Uh, it's very weird. The people at Oh Boy or like Oberta or whatever are uh, out of their minds. Those are the true psychonauts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, the music is incredibly good, I think. Um, I, it's, I'm it's, a little less sold on it personally. But yeah, like, so it I, is what it is. Like, I, I, I think it's very appropriate. It's it, it's very appropriate. Um, it does lean pretty heavily into some real Danny Elfman kind of stuff. Um, yes. What I am impressed by with it, like I would probably never listen to it on its own, um, but you know, to match the incredibly disparate visual and thematic 
um, kind of uh, coats of paint on the different worlds, the genre and style of the music matches those very well. So you get mm-hmm. a, you get a tremendous variety of stuff that feels very appropriate for where you're at. It, it's scored exactly like a cartoon. Yes. So like, uh, and like a cartoon, it is appropriate. It doesn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. I tend to judge music based on whether I want to listen to it. Yeah. Like in a general sense. So like contrasting again, with something like a hat in time where like, I think those tracks match and then are also like bangers. Yeah. There's nothing here. I want to listen to outside of the game. True enough. Like it matches the game very well. I think it did a good job in that, but it's not yeah. like a soundtrack. That's going to become a work soundtrack for me or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, but it is ex- extremely appropriate. It's very of a piece, you know, uh, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a cinematic game, tons of charm, fully realized world and very weirdly. Um, all pieces, except for like a really important piece working <laughs> towards an end. Right. So like you end up in these worlds that um, are unique, like interesting places to explore that reflect character directly, mm-hmm. you know, because they're somebody's brain that have meaningful hidden secrets mm-hmm. uh in them and are aesthetically of a piece that leans on all those other things that's incredible yes. like that's a feat they're not fun to move through <laughs> that's... like it's amazing <laughs> like it's like that all those things hit and it just and other you know some people don't find that to be true like they're uh-huh. they're more just like oh it's fine yeah you know yeah. but it's not a joy to right. move through can you imagine if this was like a mario level platformer where yeah, it's like yeah amazing in your hands and you're getting all this other stuff mm-hmm. you know even if you think it's fine can you imagine it being good like wouldn't it <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome yeah you know um, yeah uh yeah. So, you know it's, it's sufficient but not necessary or something like that yeah, yeah. And it just it just like yeah like you, you can ask for more than fine or you can expect more than fine you can uh, ask for double fine see exactly yeah. alley you yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, team effort. Um, yeah. The story behind this uh, coming together is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so originally, Tim Schafer really wanted to do a peyote sequence in Full Throttle. Yes. And LucasArts, being a family company, said no mm-hmm. uh, to that. D- despite but all of the other like crazy, brutal stuff in Full Throttle. That happens in it. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of people get beat to death with chains in that game, but yeah. no peyote. Uh, then he decided to make his own company. Mm-hmm. You know, they moved into this uh, like weird basement where the toilets constantly flooded. Uh, and one of the people he hired uh, said, "Like, hey, remember? Tell me about that idea you had. Yeah, yeah. For this thing, like, it was this thing about uh, going into other people's minds, right? And mm-hmm. he said, no, it was about going into your own mind. But actually, that's way better. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of the impetus. Like, uh, it's like the twin impetuses are that, and then the uh, him overhearing somebody say, "What color is the sky in your world?" Ooh. The name of the documentary about this. And he was like, he got that phrase stuck in his head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then like use that as kind of the springboard for this. Mm-hmm. So appropriate. Um, yeah. I'm really happy that they didn't go with their first idea for Raz. Mm-hmm. Um, the first idea being that Raz would be a mentally imbalanced ostrich. Uh, yeah. But Tim Schaefer is like, yeah, you know, video games are wish fulfillment and nobody wishes that they were uh, a deranged ostrich ostrich. So here you go. There's also like a point five version of Raz named Dart, mm-hmm. or short for D'Artagnan, who like didn't they didn't like how he looked either. Yeah. But he ends up being showing up in the game. He's in a couple of sequ- like crowd sequences and an Easter egg over the uh, the final sequence, this mm-hmm. final cinematic yeah. um, that they originally had him. So there's a lot of like iteration that happened. Yeah, uh, yeah. with this kiddo, a, lo- a very long development process for the time too. So the, yeah, the development. Yeah, the, this was a, a like four years of crunch mm-hmm. basically. Like the documentary is pretty crazy because they were saying how you know. It was really interesting to view it through 2019 eyes because now we care about labor mm-hmm. 
uh, in games. And listening to people talk about it, it's like, yeah, like we basically did crunch for four years, but we were all just new and happy to be working in games. Mm. And, <laughs> danger, uh, danger, pull danger, up. <laughs> you know, and, and including Tim Schafer, like he wasn't exploiting anyone. Yeah. It just, everyone decided to exploit themselves. Yeah. And it very nearly didn't even come together. Right. You know, which we'll, we'll talk about um, the, uh, you know, so it was, they, they did this for four years. They didn't have a thing that completed, you know, um, you know, initially because they worked with uh, Microsoft, Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Freeze, like I said, you want to make more artistic games. Um, Tim Schafer's like, that's what I want. Uh, but it just kept going yeah. and they ran out of money. Like there's this, this very, this part of the documentary where like Tim Schafer talks about coming out to the group saying, Hey, Wednesday is your last paycheck. No, yeah. you know, and then not being able to talk again, like for like a, like a full minute, like just like his throat, like closed up. And, and then he started saying like, you can use our computers to, to make your resumes. You can work uh, for free until the end of the month while we still have rent to see if we can get this thing done, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. But you know, we can't. And then everyone was, you know, obviously heartbroken. He went back to his computer and that's when Majesco had emailed to say they were interested in taking over the project. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that kind of that four years of crunch with nothing to show for it, really does kind of show what I consider to be kind of a double fine trope Mm -hmm. uh, is that I don't think that they're good at making games and like, uh, not just like the final result, but the actual process of making them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it seems like a really fun place to work with a great spirit that makes some very special things where projects are not well managed and there's lots of like not being on the same page. Yeah. About stuff. Just, just really, you know, and with, with psychonauts, it seemed to make sense because they, they had never run a company like that before. You know, for, for first game, there were growing problems, et cetera. Like down to deciding which building to rent. Like, oh, yeah. we can we can get a cheap building that's in a terrible neighborhood that nobody wants to come to and is really far out of the way. Stuff as basic as that up to things that you feel like you genuinely need somebody with management, you know, experience or education to, like, work out, like, what team is going to be responsible for what, you know? Yeah. You know, having <laughs> just, just like deciding, OK, is the is it the level designers or the artists who are going to establish the geometry for this world? Yeah. Um, well, let's just kind of like pass it back and forth and have to every... figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it'll, it'll work itself out. Yeah. There's a there's a wonderful metaphor in the documentary about this where um, when Tim Schaefer brought people on, we first had employees. He uh, handmade them desk like he had like a little prefab Ikea desk and he yeah. made him himself. And he didn't put a stain, like a wood stain on there. He asked people what color they wanted their desk to be. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, I just thought that was just like really great. Like, hey, you're coming under this umbrella. You're doing this team and stuff. And then he like pauses. He's like, yeah, none of them were really structurally sound. We had to throw them all out. (laughs) And I'm like, that is such such a beautiful like metaphor metaphor for what I consider this whole company to be and have always been the entire time it's been out. Like, yeah, yeah, I've talked about it before. I don't think Double Fine has made a good game. Right. You know, like like an, an unqualified win. Yeah. Like massive chalice is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, stacking is pretty good for being a very slight thing, mm-hmm. but they are full of things that have the psychonauts problem to varying degrees. Yeah. Right. Like you end up with your like costume quest, which is like, man, the game part of this success. Like this is not a fun <laughs> game to play. It's just really cute and has tons of flavor. Yeah. Um, and then they have all of their like ethics in, in games development stuff that is chuds use it as a cause, but they're not totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Like the thing with the 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 space base game that they right, did, where they just yeah. abandoned a game a lot of people cared about, mm-hmm. and then you have the constantly just like switching to crowdfunding for things because they don't have them managed, and you end up with like 
broken age by having this like all-star voice cast that it doesn't need. Yeah. You know, like just not being super good about spending money. And then like at the end, Broken Age part two is bad. Like yeah. they didn't uh, you know, there, there's a lot of strife for no reason for this company and people put up with it because they get special things in the end. Yeah. You know, which is, again, is also Psychonauts <laughs> like in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. You it's it, And yeah, it, like and because of the goodwill that the studio has developed, it's hard to say that stuff. Right. It totally. Yeah. I, I, as people like I like. If 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 I met Tim Schaefer like now, mm-hmm. like if I did, I would feel shitty for thinking that mm-hmm. like I would be like, I loved your games growing up. Yep. Like I love your LucasArts work. I love your writing and your spirit. I haven't liked any of your games, though. Mm-hmm. And like that's just the case. I can't lie about it. Right. You know, and I do think that it, it has something to do with like how they're managed and how they're put together. There's another thing in like one of their um, like backer documentaries because they've been very transparent. Yes. You there's know, there's about, a lot of just material about yeah, all of their games. Tons of stuff where they're doing a design meeting where they're approving new concepts for games, possibly for one of their like game jam yeah. uh, things. And they uh, they're sitting in a room and people are just kind of calling out puns. And Tim Schafer is just approving games based on the fact that they're the pun in the name. Ooh. Like, uh, yeah. And it's just hard to watch because I'm like, I like this dude. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing I would do with my friends. No, yeah. it's not the kind of thing that I would do as like a company where I was trying to make a high quality product <laughs> and high quality art. Yeah. Try, try, trying to make a high quality product and also provide a livelihood, uh, you know, where, where people can do their best work. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, and it just, it's, it's, it's rough because I, I love him as a man. Like, I think he's yeah. great. I think he seems like the, the best dude seems so nice. And in some ways I like the fact that he's so not business savvy. Like it, it kind of plays into some principles that I have as well. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time though, like, I just think that like it, when I make something, I want it to be like super good. Yeah. Like, I don't want it just to be like a funny joke, Yep. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. Um, this is uh, so for a long time, this was the poster child game for critical darling financial failure yeah um the financial failure part of it has always been a little exaggerated but it didn't do as well it's hard for something to do as well as to justify four years of crunch right like right right that's a pretty high ceiling yeah it's a big Um, big hill to climb yeah there's definitely a disparity in this game between its critical reaction and its its sales reaction for sure i I have a i have an anecdote about this um so around the time this first came out was when i kind of around the beginning of when i started working for GameStop when I was in high school, right? High school job, turned into a college job, turned into a sad, I can't find a job job. But mm-hmm. early on, it was pretty good. Psychonauts came out, and one of the pre-order bonuses was this incredibly cool tie-dye blue shirt with uh, with a picture of Raz on the front of it mm-hmm. in orange and yellow. Uh, you've, you've, you've probably seen one of these. Uh, that was a pre-order bonus. So I pre-ordered it, and I got mine. I was like, fuck yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we didn't have enough pre-orders. So we had all these psychonaut shirts laying around. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And I just got all of them. I still have like oh. four. I, I still have four <laughs> of these psychonaut shirts. That's all you should, uh, you should send me one. I should, uh, like I, I, it's, yeah. X, it's XL. Um, That's, uh, I, so am I. Yeah, there we the, go. The, um, yeah. yeah. I, like I, uh, I, I don't, I don't wear them anymore because it's not really my style. But yeah, uh, uh, I've, I've got one. I'll, I'll need to see if I can find one that's in good condition. But yeah, I'll mail one to you. That'd be, that'd be rad. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah. It wasn't. It didn't, didn't sell super well. Yeah, it d- didn't uh, sell surplus, of, yeah. surplus of promo shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Um, it looks like it, uh, it, you know, it doesn't look like it, it actually did get better yeah. for them. They got the rights back to it. They started putting in humble bundles. They started like kind of pushing it and stuff. And it's, it's one of those kind of long tail things has become kind of a financial success. Yeah. Like the, just the, the, the numbers that I saw was like, oh, it sold about a hundred thousand units roughly when it came out. And then when they announced second outs two, they said just in the intervening time, they've sold like 1.7 million. So like this got enough of a reputation and they just kept it available for long enough. Um, and put yeah. it out there to where they could get copies in people's hands. Yep. Uh, so now it's available on platforms. There are versions of it that have like even patched out some of the more egregious design decisions. Yeah. You know. Um, so like the the version you can play the the modern kind of remastered version of it has a patch on the PC version that changes the meat circus to make it less hateful. You know. Um, so there there actually are kind of modernized versions of it. Um, you mentioned Psychonauts two. Uh, so that was announced in December 2015 um, as crowdfunded, which caused a controversy because this this company has very dedicated fans, but they have not necessarily been responsible with their fans' money mm-hmm. uh, in the past. Um, and then kind of to like wet everyone's whistle, there's an interquel that was released for the PSVR called The Psychonauts and the Rhombus of Ruin, uh, which is a first-person just adventure game, kind of like hour-long experience. Yeah, thing. I intended to play that before we recorded this episode. Didn't work out to where I could. Um, so I will probably, you know, if if I'm going to play it and I'll probably do like a, like a solo cast on it. Yeah. I talked to, uh, talked to Will about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like it's a fun adventure game Yeah, that that's only like an hour, you know? So that sounds cool with these characters and stuff that I do like, and they got all the original voice cast back. Um, there's gameplay footage of Psychonauts 2 you can find online, which I watched. It looks, you know, it's cool to see these characters. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, I, I undeniably, as much as I, you know, even after just seeing credits on this and being like, well, <laughs> I looked that up because I was you know, doing research for this. And then it was just like, you know what? Like, it, like I, I want to see Coach Oleander work in an office like that sounds fun <laughs> to me. Yep. You know, so it's still like that. The charm is extremely powerful, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's just uh, it's just the fact that this is so transactional and weirdly bifurcated. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jim Rose's psychic, psychic sideshow dick. <laughs> it's, it's bifurcated. Weirdly by <laughs> Yeah. You know, unto like a Jim Rose dick. <laughs> Psychonauts. Um. Let's uh let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um. So we start out with our intro. Mm-hmm. Your Oleander, who I mentioned, who is a, a short, uh, important later, drill sergeant character. Um. We get you know this this kind of makes sense because we're going to be introduced to these characters. We didn't really talk about this in generalities. We yeah. have to talk about the art style. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Because it's 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 very specific. So like yeah. a fine artist, uh, Tim Schafer found like a fine artist who did a gallery thing who draws like this. Like he draws little cartoons that look just like psychonauts mm-hmm. basically. And he was, it was really important to him to pull from like fine art instead of game art because he didn't want the games to look, his games to look similar to video games. Mm-hmm. And it really comes across like, it's a weird thing where I think it on like a case by case basis, it like works in some places better than others. Yeah. Like, and playing it on the PS2 version is what does that because the, the remastered versions of it with the improved textures mm-hmm. just look a lot better. Yeah. The PS2 version's a little rough. Uh, some of the drawings because they're like, meant to be grotesque in, infamously but, rough on the PS2. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it doesn't look super good on the, on the PS2. Um, there it's Ren and Stimpy is like a point of comparison 
Yeah. Like, these are very exaggerated, grotesque characters. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy, Klasky Supo. Yeah. They, they, they lean uh, into asymmetry in a way that is incredibly uh, pronounced uh, yeah. and could go bad, but is actually very charming. Uh, mm-hmm. The characters are lumpy. No two characters have the same silhouette. Yeah. Um, like everybody looks roughly like they are a different species. Yes. You know, <laughs> which is interesting, yeah. you know, because they're, because they're not. Um, there's a little bit of, like Doug as well. A cartoon. Oh, yeah. Like people just, you know, there's no reason for a character to have, you know, ca- the characters have different colors of skin, but they're not different races as we would portray them as. Yes. It's just like, well, this person's orange and this person's like light blue and, and stuff like that. So uh, that's kind of a shock when you first start playing it because mm-hmm. you get Oleander who looks just like an exaggerated kind of character. Uh, he's giving this motivational lecture to the camp to the campers that is extremely harsh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and you look, o- you know, look over at the campers, see that he's actually talking to children. It's <laughs> a joke. One of them cries. Just, just talking about like, and you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, super, super great. And then mm-hmm. Raz, uh, our main character, uh, who really, really kind of smartly is the most like aesthetically appealing as far as shape. Yeah. Yeah. Goes. Like Raz and his girlfriend both look like little cartoon kids. Mm-hmm. So they like these two characters that are going to be kind of our lead children. They decide to make look like people. Yes. Um, but he, he kind of, he bust in. Yeah. He's been like, he's been spying, uh, from the trees. Um, and the counselors like drag him down and the counselors try to get into, into his mind to figure out where he's at. Nobody can get in. He's got some kind of like shielding in his helmet or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Magneto. <laughs> uh, he does not have shield. I think it's just the, it's the, we, we find out what the mental oh, kind yeah. of blocks are like later. Um, people can't get in there. Um, but he re- reads the ad copy from the brochure. Mm-hmm. There are brochures on this uh, that Oleander wrote. And it's enough to impress everybody to where uh, they give him a bunk. But like, hey, we're going to call your parents. Yeah. So that your dad's going to be here in two days. Yep. Uh, giving us a time limit. Yes. Here. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we also meet the other uh, the, the other counselors here. Like we've got Sasha Nine, who's uh, uh, just kind of a German <laughs> secret agent kind of guy, really uh, repressed. He wants to uh, experiment on Raz. Uh, and then we have Mila, Mia mm-hmm. uh, here yeah. as well, who is kind of like a 60s go-go girl kind of kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. Really good. Really charming. Yeah, I, I, they're they're great. Yeah. Um, and they uh, even just the names. Mm hmm. If everyone is just like really like that, you know, that's that's a Tim Schafer thing. Like these yeah. are just great phrases that roll off the yeah. tongue. Sasha Nine and Mila Vo- M- M- Mia Vodello. So yeah, good. Mia Vodella yeah. is, is just really, really great. Yeah. Vodella. Um, so uh, Sasha Nine wants to experiment on Raz since he you know, can't get into his mind. And Oleander's like, no, I got big plans for that mind. Right. Like foreshadowing here. One of the things that impressed me in this game that I didn't notice when I was younger mm-hmm. is that they can hide by taking the tone and the tack that they do. They can hide foreshadowing as just characters being weird. Yes. So like because of the elastic reality of this game, when Oleander says something like, I've got big plans for that mind, (laughs) which sounds very sinister, you can just be like, oh, that's his cartoon gimmick. Yeah. Like he's just, you know, vaguely malevolent because this is a world in which someone can be comically malevolent Mm -hmm. and have it just be accepted. Like I'm in a cartoon. (laughs) I don't need to question that. Whereas if this were like realistic drawings or whatever and someone said that in like a seasonal legion or something you know <laughs> everyone would know like uh-oh yep bad news you know, here kinda, bad news here so like they, they actually it's it's very clever the the way that the uh the the real plot stuff sits in the cartoon world yeah of this Just, uh, stuff has stakes that it doesn't seem like it and when they finally reveal that there are stakes it doesn't feel like it's um like it's cheap yeah yep they do a great job yeah 
Um, so you go and you make your bunk and you go to sleep. And when you wake up uh, or you, in your dream, you get your first uh, uh, kind of experience with Ford Cruller, uh, the mm. leader of this camp, um, who is probably my favorite voice performance in the game. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's very good. Yeah, it's a, uh, D- David K is who he is. Um, so he kind of explains some basics. Um, all the kids are getting up to go to basic braining, um, which is kind of the first part of your very long tutorial. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also run around the camp and meet kids, mm-hmm. uh, during this, um, this time around, I did not do everything, yeah. you know, as far as like following all of the subplots, like they're all good. Yeah. Um, but again, that low level patina of irritation, you know, not something I want to like hold on to yeah. for, for a very long time. Um, I also forget kids names. Uh, in this, I remember Dogen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's about it as far as names. I mostly <laughs> just remember the gimmick. Like I like the cowboy kid. I like the ladies man kid. Yeah, the ladies um, man. I do, you know, I just don't remember their their names very well. Yeah. Because... The the only kid who I don't like is the long and winding story kid. Oh yeah. 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 In, incentivize me to talk to your characters, please. Yeah, I think that's just them being impish. Like yeah. that's the joke, but it's just not my favorite yeah. thing. Um, we also we meet the bully. Who? Uh, yeah. Um, what is that? What, why is Bob, that? Bobby Zilch. Bobby Zilch, uh, who is the grossest model I've seen in a video game, and that includes like Silent Hill Three. <laughs> like he's, he's like he's disgusting. Yeah. I want him to fix his mouth so somebody will eventually put a genital into it. Like I, <laughs> I, I just feel like if he's ever going to to grow up and and you know it uh, be be join join society or any a better mouth whether you're sexual or not like if, yeah. if no one's gonna put a genital in there it's not a mouth fit for food no no it like, doesn't disgusting. it doesn't look like he masticates with up and down motion it appears to be like a radial like a rotation kind of thing like a lamprey like, yeah like a lamprey or yeah. like a garbage disposal yeah. uh the, the the teeth are not so much teeth as uh protrusions of bone uh yes. e- ejecting ejecting from his maw like like uh like bits of shrapnel from blood gum you know <laughs> Yeah, it's just he's gross. Yeah. He's grotesque and he's really obnoxious. They give him a really annoying voice. You're supposed to hate him. Yeah. It works. Yep. You know, he's um, got his little toady, too, who just immediately like just goes and finds <laughs> new bullies. Uh, if you uh, if you show Bobby what for uh, mm-hmm. new bullies to work for. Yeah. But yeah, yep, yep. Uh, you've got the little sailor kid who's like, hey, I'm going to get out of here. Only Andrew's a psycho here. Take my take my smelling salts. This is how you get out of the mental worlds. Um, and you go up. And uh, Oleander has a little door on his head, and this is how you get inside through the side portal. Um, mm-hmm. And you are in this mental recruiting office. And the sequence begins when you punch Oleander's projected image, revealing a huge battlefield. Yep, uh, very cute. Like this guy is obviously a military guy, mm-hmm. you know. And this is our introduction to that kind of you're in a level that is somebody's emotional mindscape. Yes. Uh, thing that again is really good mm-hmm. like i can't understate how cool that is it's literally a genius idea yes um the uh, so you're running around like collecting these figments which are again those uh transparent kind of coin things mm-hmm. and then emotional baggage uh which you have to find a tag first and then find the baggage um that's a one note joke yeah uh, it's kind of cute but like you know it's a little handbag that's crying like i get it <laughs> yep you know it's cute it doesn't stay you know it doesn't hold on to its welcome the whole time it, it doesn't last a whole game you know yeah you know, I wish that these unlocked a thing too, like yeah. unlo- unlocked like a, a some kind of story beat or character beat. Well, the well what they inside. what they do the ones the, the levels where I got everything. Um, the, when you get all of them, you get a little viewfinder that shows you concept art for the level. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. just not necessarily a motivation for me. This, so yeah, it's a weird thing. I part of that's the internet. 
but even yeah. before the internet, uh, I was, I'm never going to look at that stuff. Yeah. Like it, it's just kind of this weird thing where like games will try to tempt you with it. And even mm-hmm. in games I, I love, like I remember playing X-Men legends one and that was not, I didn't have tons of games to play, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I was, uh, you would unlock comic covers no. and it's like, I don't, I, I can, I don't care. Like I, I go to a comic store and look at this. Like, why do no. I want to look at like a digital, like a JPEG of a, of a comic cover? Yeah. On you a know, television just, screen I, with a D pad to pan around yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super weird. I, I just, I'm never going to get involved with those. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you catch up to Bobby, he kicks you off the platform and this is where you meet Lily for the first time. Like mm-hmm. she, she, she catches me because she is, she catches you because she is trying to save this meat plant that has grown, that, that has grown here. It's like a little flower made of bacon or what have you. Um, <laughs> and she has been seeing them in her nightmares. Um, and this mm-hmm. kind of relates to the, the psychic bleed that is going on. Um, Lily just kind of immediately falls in love with Raz. Like it's a joke that it's, you know, just infatuation at first sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, the uh you run into another kind of standout character dogan um <laughs> who is shaped like a dr mario pill yeah um, he's got a tinfoil hat on that tinfoil hat earlier you can run into him where he says that the squirrels are telling him he's going to kill everyone yeah um this this pay, you know that pays off later they're not talking about him nope um but he's kind of kind of surrounded by these squirrels and he's kind of slow eh? uh, so you, <laughs> he's, you he's got big uh, he's got big jason from home movies energy yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so you take out a circle of paper and you have to escort him through a minefield. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did this, he immediately just walked into a mine and it was great. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's so good. Like, the, the comic timing on it is very funny. <laughs> Somebody took Dogen's brain. No, he's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, it's just in, in, incredibly funny. And the minefield isn't necessarily that big of a deal to get around. Um, no. another standout line, you, you, end up in a plane inside, inside of an airplane, you're going to jump out. He was like, Hey, do I get a parachute? Uh, Oleander says, did Washington have a shoot when he crossed the Delaware? Yeah. Very good. <laughs> no. Um, it, it's, it's worth noting that, uh, the co-writer on this along with Tim Schaefer was Eric Wolpaw. This was kind mm-hmm. of his first big project that he did. He went on to do a bunch of writing for valve. Uh, so yep. he's just like one of the people who made portal as funny as it is. Yep. Yep, famously portal. Yep. Um, there's a little section where you have to punch uh, pop-up targets, but not, uh, you know, don't shoot the shooting gallery where it's the woman holding the baby. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing, just to kind of teach you how to punch um, in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you eventually, uh, you're introduced to these mental vaults, as we mentioned. Um, and this is one of these things, because, like, I mean, this is kind of like something we'll talk about at the end of the, the episode, where we talk about, uh, boy, what could this have done other than being a bad platformer? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, this is a thing where like, this is, it needs to be a video game for this, right? Like you yeah. could, you can narratively describe that Oleander gives you this memory, but hides other memories away. Mm-hmm. And the way that Psychonaut says that is through, uh, level design, mm-hmm. right? Like they just give you one and then you have to move a little bit closer to find hidden things. Like there's a, the famous one during, uh, Mia's yes. level, um, that's cool. And like, yes, that works better as a video game than it would a comic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was talking to Will about this. And the thing I settled on was uh, interactive CD-ROM. <laughs> yeah. Like, give me the world of Springfield, mm-hmm. but world of, of Psychonauts. Yeah. Like, you know, so you'd still have this this cool thing where like Oleander gives you a, a, a you know, emotional like a vault, mm-hmm. a mental vault. And you get to see him being, it's like Oleander's pride and you get to see him yeah. doing all these, these war be, 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 being a hero in every single branch of the military. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and he, like, he even says like, oh yeah, these are, you know, they, these are memories you don't want people to see. It's obviously bullshit because he is, you know, showing it to you. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, to turn, turns out he was rejected from every, from every branch of the military. Yeah. yeah. Just for being short. Yes. He wishes he was a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, so you, you do that, you get his bullshit one. Um, you go down to this, sh- uh, shooting range where you're being, uh, shot at, uh, you're kind of doing the air. Uh, platforming so climbing up poles mm-hmm. jumping on trapeze things yeah. switching back and forth um again i love the way that this you know raz came from a circus right? yeah, like yeah. if we want our character to be able to do this stuff mm-hmm. how do we do that yeah it's justification um, yeah pretty clever uh not super fun yeah it, it, it is a clever justification for um a not very good end yes yeah um, um, you can also, uh, jet grind radio down things for some reason. That just, again, because it was the, it was the style at the time, just like Sonic, yeah. like everybody had those soaps shoes do, do, yeah, doing, yeah. grinds and what have you. Love them soaps. Yeah. Bull. Yeah. It's fine up until the meat circus when you're doing the tunnel of love and it's just, yeah. Well, poor, poor garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you reach the end and you got there before all the other kids, like there's nobody here. Um, mm-hmm. and you're poking around, there's a little, you know, hallway annex over to one side. And at the very end is just this white hallway with a window. And before you can peek through, Oleander pulls you out saying like, Hey, what are you doing? Peeking around in my mind. Obviously yeah. he is hiding this. Yep. Um, you know, and, uh, when you get out, you get your first merit badge. I uh, hear, I love these little merit badge sequence <laughs> with, with, with what is basically just the Rocky theme. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, then you, you do this awesome little pose. You know, you're very proud. You have a little badge on your backpack. Yes. For basic braining. Um, so now we're back in the camp. Uh, Bobby, the bully, is still being a jerk. He threatens to beat you out. Beat you up. Beat you out. <laughs> <laughs> he threatens to grab your pussy and beat you out. Um, the uh, so, But Sasha Nine uh, is up behind, walks up behind him. Yes. I think your, your girlfriend points him out. Lily points him out. And he says, like, you know, you should come to advanced training mm-hmm. uh, if you can find the uh, geodesic psycho-isolation chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, which you have to kind of show to people. The interface for, like, showing people items in this is pretty annoying. Yeah. There's a lot of inventory tax stuff going on in this. Like, a lot of press and pause and navigating between menus to pull things out and equip yeah. powers and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but everybody has a piece of dialogue about it. And yeah. a lot of it's helpful and all of it, uh, adds to characterization. It is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is where you can explore the camp. It is still daytime. So there are not psychic animals running around just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where you're going to do the majority of your, like talking to the other campers and getting their, getting their flavor. The window mm-hmm. to interact with them is much narrower than I recalled. Oh yeah. Like yeah. eventually they stop, you know, like once it gets to be nighttime and once the actual plot kicks in, yeah. this, you know, they have one line after that basically like it goes away kind of it's there's a lot of it here though mm-hmm. you know so like i love uh kind of standouts like i love the the two kids in the band mm-hmm. the levitator slash fire starters i think that's really cute yep and really fun um i like the uh cheerleader mm-hmm. kids yeah. um give <laughs> like, me a lot hot american summer vibes like i enjoy that <laughs> it's again it's very similar to home movies uh mm-hmm. with the, yeah. with the, with those two uh i forget their names they have the kids are yep. always hugging each other yeah yep yeah <laughs> um and great yeah it just, it just just all very good um i even like the uh the the, the russian who's obsessed with the bears yeah i love that guy <laughs> that little arc is great yeah with him him and, and his, his buddy and it's funny because uh, all of them seem you know crazy right but like mm-hmm. most of them are correct <laughs> like yeah. they're, they're on to something 
in a really yep, good yep. way. Yeah. Um, so you head over to the psycho isolation chamber. Um, uh, throughout the camp, you can jump into these stumps, which will take you to Ford Crawler's lab. Um, and mm-hmm. this is where he kind of like deputizes you. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm the dispatcher. I'm, you know, watching for psychic anomalies, whatever. Uh, and this is how you get your tutorial um, and, you know, kind of a secondary interface. He gives you the piece of bacon uh, to summon him uh, and he pops out of your ear like a genie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's going to be a psychic stowaway. Yeah. You also learn a little bit like we've seen him before. Like he's the janitor. He's the guy who uh, operates the the camp store. Mm-hmm. Things like that. He's been yelling at the. uh over the loudspeaker about dream fluffs yes you know mm, over dream and over. Fluffs. yeah yeah you know uh so uh we don't know his full story why he's kind of all these roles yet but this is kind of the hint yes about it eventually you can get to uh sasha's lab and uh use that button to get in um he hooks you up to this brain tumbler to send you into his uh brain you know to him he's like a brain is ordered and neat mm-hmm. you know um and he has this like uh modron brain like you're on a gigantic uh floating glowing tron cube mm-hmm. um and uh you know uh this is his shooting gallery level yeah um oh. before we get there though we have to go into our own minds oh yeah 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 yeah, the, um, yeah. yeah that thing because you, you've got to go into the collective unconscious um and this is where like like this is a little bit of like strange pacing like you go through this until you find uh until you hit a uh um so you hit an obstacle and you have to go get a, go get a new power but like you appear inside the static egg and when you break out, like it's kind of the circus, but it's also kind of like full of thorny, uh, thorny kind of, uh, foliage and you're chasing a bunny right up to a big demon. So Sasha pulls you out and says like, Hey, you need to learn to defend yourself. Um, so we're going to go and we're going to do the, uh, we're going to go do the shooting gallery after you get the, uh, the learner's permit for the combat. Yeah. Yep, it it is weird pacing. I you know I forgot about that because this this has a lot of none of that stuff comes up until the end of the game. Right, like we kind of put a put aside all the stuff in your own brain mm-hmm. and then move on. Yes, to this thing. Yeah, so this is what an organized mind looks like as opposed to Oleander's, the big cube floating in the middle of the void. Yeah, um, yep. and like different stuff pops out of it, uh, kind of you know just uh whatever whatever is necessary. Uh, these you know gigantic structures or what have you, uh, and you look at this and you say, "Yeah, this can't be healthy." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it, and and it's not right. Yeah. And he introduces some of these kind of repressive elements, yes, uh, to things. So this is where you learn about, um, you know, uh, uh, sensors, yes, as well. Um, after that's a little bit ahead. At first, you know, he's just giving you your shoot power, yes. Um, you know, you're on the cube, and he says, like, we need to destroy some things that are hideous, things that that you know are. Are, cannot be suffered in this world, and he shows you this tacky lamp. <laughs> just Tiffany lamps. Yep. Um, and uh, you shoot those just in kind of a static thing, and then you're just the sensors, as we mentioned. Um, you know, the uh, sensors are little men in suits mm-hmm. that just say no over and over. Yep. Um, I love the variance, the, the the variance on the sensors. Like when they when, when you get strong sensors, very funny. <laughs> strong sensor is a very funny joke. Yeah, like, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, nine doesn't know why I was attacked by sensors in my own mind. Like you say, like, oh yeah, I've 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 seen these before. I was like, okay, well, you know, things are obviously weird. Um, I'll give you your badge so you can use the the you know the the shooting power outside of my mind after you kill one thousand sensors. So if you come back, if you just do a couple a day, you can you know you can have it within three weeks or something like that. And he gives you he he gives you the 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 the, the, the dial to kind of regulate the flow of these sensors. 
And so you can, you know, fight a few of them, but what you're going to ultimately want to do is turn it up and then break off the dial, causing these sensors to spew out like a fire hose. Yep. 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 Um, or the little skull section, yep. you know, where it goes up to 11. <laughs> so nine and, shows up and says like, Hey, this is not acceptable. I'm going to try to fix things. Keep mm-hmm. these sensors under control. Yes. Um, so you're here, you know, you're on the cube, uh, fighting like different kind of geometry will pop up mm-hmm. as you do this. Um, there's a mental vault here. Oh yeah. Uh, the, you can find the mental vault is important. It explains a little bit of, uh, why he is the way he is. Um, mm-hmm. you know, cause it shows him losing his mother. Uh, the hatred of Tiffany lamps is not just like, uh, being a particular fussy European kind of, kind of deal. No. One of those lamps was on the nightstand next to his mother when she died and he was there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, People good online somehow on got the idea that he worked at a lamp store. I saw that in a, in a wiki and I was like, mm. even, even for, even for you, uh, <laughs> what, what, what is that? Uh, that wiki, uh, game, game dot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, even, even for you, this is, this is not great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's because of that. Yeah. But he, um, uh, but you know, he lost his mom at an early age and his dad was kind of neglectful, kind of locking him away in the, in the playpen. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Kind of blamed him or just, uh, otherwise didn't care. Yeah. Um, so you go through through a few phases of uh, hitting these sensor valves. Um, you have to platform to get to. It's not terrible, uh, but it's not great. But mm-hmm. there are these little flame guys I hate here, these and this so much. this introduces the psychonauts problem of giving you an adventure game task to do, and then crafting a really annoying enemy to stop you from doing it. Yep, or harry you the whole time. And mm-hmm. there are like a million examples of this. Like it happens in more levels than it doesn't. Yeah, um, and it's just. You know, if the idea is to be annoying, mm-hmm. like, congrats, right? But there's a reason why <laughs> Castlevania didn't have Medusas in every level. Right, right. You know, that's a gimmick of a level. Mm-hmm. But in, in Psychonauts, like, there's the bull, there's the little guys that shoot you while you're doing the board game. The fucking rats. You know, the fucking, oh, man, the dude. <laughs> the, <laughs> the rats. Like, it is, it is constantly, like, how can we annoy the player almost? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just and it's just impinge and it's always when you're doing an adventure gamey or platformy thing. Mm-hmm. They're never a combat challenge, really. It's always this thing that like, can we just like needle you? Mm-hmm. You know, like the entire time you're trying to write your novel, someone's gonna be tapping you on the back of the head <laughs> with a pen. Yeah. You know, is like what this feels like. Like it is really frustrating. Yeah. These things like the platforming here is fine. It's before it gets very challenging. The enemies are not right. Right. Um, and you don't have very much health at this point too. So like you can see it, you know, you can, you can die mm-hmm. during this. You can get kicked out. If you lose all your lives, you get kicked out. You lose all your layers of astral projection. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge bummer. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Starting this over sucks. Yep. And, and they end up having to repeat stuff. Not everything. Yep. Like it, it does checkpoint to a certain extent, but just raises the question. Why kick me out at all? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, w- one of the reasons that these guys suck is that they are mixed in with regular sensors. Um, and if they get close to you, they will explode. If you punch them, they explode and do damage to you. So what they're trying to get you to do is to get a little bit of distance and then lock onto them, uh, and fire your, your, your shots. Right. And then shoot them. Right. So, so they die. However, they're very quick and they're always mixed in with regular sensors. Uh, and as you are fighting the lock on, um, they yes. will end up closing the distance to you. Uh, yeah, you will. You'll be trying to hit a a sensor and hit them. Yeah. So. Yeah. No good. No good at all. So. Um. Yeah. You eventually close off all these valves. Um. That uh. You know that regulate the the, the sensors as they go. And you know Sasha's like, all right, here we go. This is this is good. And you ask, hey, so what happens if what happens uh you know to the healthy ordered mind if you just completely back up all of the sensors? 
And what ends up happening is a gigantic mutant sensor emerges from the cube yeah. uh, and stamps Sasha. And he is chasing you around trying to stamp you. And Sasha is barking advice to you as he is flattened on the end of this uh, on the end of this stamp. Yeah. Fun, uh, fun cartoon. <laughs> you know, um, he absorbs small sensors to heal himself. So you have to close all the valves, uh, more valves to kind of finish him off so we can actually kill him. Yeah. Actually do damage to him. Um, he's chasing around a cube. This is very Mario 64. Yeah. Like you being on this, this, this kind of cube space. Uh, eventually you kill him. You get your merit badge. And uh, you, you say kind of like, hey, you know, let, like what <laughs> can we ask about that? Like what happened? And he's like, we will never speak of this again. Um, <laughs> you know, very cute. But he also reveals that he knew you were going to do that. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he sees himself in you um, quite literally, as we'll find out later. Mm -hmm. uh, and he uh, knew you would turn the machine up. Yeah. Like this was all part of the plan to train you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> Raz is like, and, and you getting flattened on that stamp, was that part of the plan? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. no, it wasn't. No. Yeah. Uh, again, um, Sasha projects the image of being under control when he's actually not. It is he's a good, not good character. It's good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so now you can go back into your own mind uh, now that you can shoot. Uh, so you can go kill that beast and follow the rabbit uh, where eventually finds this bramble and meat filled passage. Mm -hmm. um, uh, leading up to this gigantic tower at the top of which a crazy dentist is torturing your friend Dogen. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love that he's a dentist. Mm -hmm. Like there, there's a, I can't remember the exact line, but there's a really good line yeah. uh, about it. Um, I was like, you can, can you really take my nose? Can, can you really take my, my brain up through my nose? How should I know? I'm a dentist. Yeah. How should I know? I'm a dentist. Like very funny. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is like, it's actually the main plot of this kicked in faster than I remembered. Mm -hmm. Like you're still in tutorial mode for quite a while, but yeah. they started doing the Dr. Lobato stuff a lot faster than I thought. Yeah. Um, you can't get to the top of that because you can't levitate, so you need to uh, do Mia's tutorial yes. to learn how to levitate. Which uh, So you head over to the lake. That's where, where Mia's going to be at. Um, and this is where you find out about Raz's, again, a clever justification for an annoying thing. Mm -hmm. um, in a platformer, they don't want to fuck around with water. So Raz talks about how he has this ancient curse on his family uh, that they'll die to water. Mm -hmm. And the way this articulates is you can bounce on water twice, and then like a ghost arm grabs you and pulls you under it. Love the animation for that. The animation is great yeah. for it. Um, if you fall in it while you're trying to platform to collect any of the stuff, nope. like this was still early on when I was like, <laughs> Oh, I, I guess I'll go get that side card. Like it's mm -hmm. right there. Um, before I was like, fuck this. Like, yeah, I do not want to collect a damn thing. Yeah. Um, but you fall into it and if you, it's hard to control. It reminds me of Mario getting hit in the fire. Like yeah. Jumping on the yeah. Fire. Um, <laughs> except for the very explicit thing that is exactly that later on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wow. Um, and we also, when we meet this, uh, this Elton, uh, character here he talks about how there's been this brain-eating fish that walks out of the lake at night mm -hmm. so again most of the kids are right yes yeah so it seems yeah. like urban legend seems like you know crazy psychic kids being crazy no it's exactly what's happening and to confirm yeah. this dogen starts walking out of the lake uh arms out doing a zombie walk uh talking about tv and hacky sack yeah. Um, which just brings to mind, like how antiquated is that notion that like, I was going to say the TV <laughs> yeah. thing, like the, like, Oh, TV watching zombies. Yeah. Like, I guess that was a thing in 2005. Like, maybe, but like, you know, but like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a thing. It's a thing that's a, that, that I just take for granted in early Simpsons. You know, it's like a TV yeah, yeah. makes more you room stupid. For one more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah like it, it's a, but yeah, the idea of being a TV zombie, like a couch potato, you know, is very kind of dated Yeah, and stuff. Um, these kids just the, looking uh, at their phones all the time, you know, that's, that's the way it would do it. They would do it now. Yeah. It would just be like a Ben Garrison cartoon, <laughs> like, a, like a kid, a kid, like kid, you know, 
masturbating to an iPhone while, you know, <laughs> kicking Trump in the balls while Trump just greases up his oily, muscly chest <laughs> and strokes his gigantic dong directly into Ben Garrison's face because Ben Garrison is weirdly sexually aroused by Donald Trump yeah. and not in a gay shame way. It's mm-hmm. just a weird thing to look at this wet president and be like, mm-hmm. this is the Adonis who I want to have my, get my face pregnant. Like, I think it's fucking weird. It is so, incredibly weird. That, that guy is such a weirdo. It, it is. Um, it is such a disconnect from uh, from reality. Yeah. yeah. Super strange. Um, so you vow to, vow to help uh, Dogen. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a canoe. Um, you have to have that uh, that other license before you can get a canoe license. Yeah. Um, uh, Cruller is working the uh, the boat rental mm-hmm. as well. Um, and this is where uh, Mia is holding her levitation party. Yep. <laughs> this is so good. So all you know, all the kids are kind of sitting there. Uh, you talk to Lily like, "Hey, they took Dokken's brain." <laughs> no, he's just like that. Mia, yeah. Mia, Mia uh, echoes that later on. Very good. Yeah. It's clever to start with Dogen. Yes. <laughs> so Lily and Raz, they're having the same dream about the dentist. So she's like, Hey, I need to go. I need to go investigate that. And so you go into Mia's mind where, you know, we've got the party. Um, mm-hmm. and you are in her like 1960s go, go psychedelic levitation bubble world, which is probably the most charming. Anything has been, especially with her constant announcements about getting to the party. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also, I think this is like the, the least annoying yeah. level, you know? Yeah. Probably, like yeah. this is like the actual, like the bouncing on the ball kind of floaty jump you get when you have that is actually pretty satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like it when it's like super demanding again, where it's like, you have to actually like do the absolute <laughs> right uh, stretch of that jump. I don't like but having like, to discern between where a ball bounce jump is needed versus a, uh, versus a double jump and a glide. Yeah. 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 It, it is a little bit fussy to have this extra third kind of jump as opposed to an actual levitation. Right. Um, but it's not bad. Um, and the theming is cute. The music is funny. All mm-hmm. the kids are just having a great time. Yep. So you walk up to them like, Hey, can you teach me a dance? And they're just like, just watch me. You know, like they're, <laughs> everyone's having fun. It does. The sense of fun that gets across in this is really strong. Yeah. So, um, and Mia as a character, just being this incredibly upbeat and supportive counselor who is yeah. obviously incredibly good with kids. Yeah, she's wonderful. You know, and supportive. Yeah. yeah like just, uh, just, just glowing. Yep. Um, there's a race you have to do. That's a little bit annoying. Again, they just yeah. kind of tune this to be more difficult than it should yeah. uh, be. And the way, reason it's annoying is because of momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, the way to get back up to speed on this levitation ball takes a long time. So the race is actually way too easy if you don't hit any obstacles mm-hmm. and way too hard if you hit any obstacles. Yes. Um, and just, you know, again, obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, should should not what be. Yes. Um, there is this great little bit here, though, where you can find this hidden room uh, with Mia's repressed memories. And it's funny because she discourages you from going like mm-hmm. that room's not fun. The party's mm-hmm. out here. You know, we definitely don't want to go into that room. You know, she kind of like cheerfully tries to discourage you. They're mm-hmm. going in there. But if you go in there, you find her repressed memories and we get her kind of, you know, everyone's got their emotional baggage in this game. Um, she used to run an orphanage and it burned down while she was getting groceries. Yeah. And I like I either she realized she had psychic powers because of this or her psychic powers made it worse. She like heard all of the anger, the anguished screams and thoughts of the kids as they died. Yeah. 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 So she has she's had to block that block that out. Yeah. You know, um, so grim, pretty, pretty, pretty heavy. Yeah. Heavy stuff, like heavy and dark. And it's cool. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at the end, you get to the party. You know, Raz mm-hmm. gets his levitation mirror badge so he can go into the brain tumbler to rescue our dream Dogen. Yes, dream Dogen. 
Um, Dream Dogen, I know. <laughs> Someone's idea of fun. Um, so you, uh, when you when you head there, Sasha explains the thoughts of another inter- entity are interlacing with yours. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that like is foreshadowing for the reason why you're dreaming of meat. Mm-hmm. You know it all. Um, you go inside uh, and you witness Dogen. You see him actually sneeze out his brain. Right. And Lobato heads over to work on uh, Lily next. Um, you chase the brain down a chute and you end up in this like blueprint world mm-hmm. where there is this blueprint tank that you fight that's powered by Dogen's brain, foreshadowing one of the final bosses of the game. Yes. I love the blueprint world, like just the visual yeah. style that they that they attach to that. Yeah. Yep. Super um, neat. This is a fine fight, too. You just you end it's up okay. you end up needing to uh, shoot the tank while it's reared back so you can expose its belly and do a stomp on it. Mm-hmm. No. it's fine it's very like from the mario 64 collection you know yes. it feel, this is one of the ones that feels not annoying but like very uh just 3d platformer dot text going through the motions yeah yeah yep. yep 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 so when you get to the end uh raz is looking at this blueprint in the white chamber uh that he recognizes hey this is an oleander's mind uh and sasha pulls him out of the experiment because hey psychonauts business is called i need to i need to go um, mm-hmm. you know, right when you have made this, you know, terrible discovery. Um, and Ford says, Hey, we need we need you to hurry because Lily's down by the water, you need to go rescue her. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and, um, and she is so turned the, on uh, by all get, this action. Yep, she might get uh caught by this gigantic fish. Yes. Um so when you go down there, you go to the bottom of the lake in this bathosphere, there's like a great like what kind of camper are you? you don't know how do you run a bathosphere? <laughs> ain't, um, you, ain't you been to camp before? <laughs> yeah, very cute. Um there's this huge air bubble. Um, there is a sequence of being chased by this gigantic, uh, lungfish, which is not great. Yeah. Um, this is, is this where the boss fight is with it? Where it sucks in and you have to break the, the boxes of nails. It's kind of mixed together is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a, uh, kind of a boss fight going on here. Um, nothing special, nothing terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, but ultimately, uh, you down, you know, you're, uh, victorious over the, the lungfish and use uh, Sasha's psychic portal to go inside its brain mm-hmm. and destroy this implant it has, which gives like the first like level that everyone remembers. Yes. Uh, in this game, which is Lungfishopolis. Um, which is a kaiju homage yeah thing yeah um and it is incredibly good theming it's very funny like the the actual moment-to-moment writing in this is very funny and the (laughs) idea of you being the 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 kaiju you being the godzilla in this is very funny Mm -hmm. um the uh the actual joke like when you and this game just does great things with scale in general yeah yeah right like this is this is the big level but there's a small level later that's really great Mm -hmm. um and there are all these brainwashed lungfish that live and work their day. Like the whole thing is kind of presented as a newscast. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the thing when you first like meet one, you're like, hey, how does – and they just screams because you're deafening him. Because <laughs> yeah. you're so loud and you keep trying to apologize and whisper and you just kill him. <laughs> you, keep, you keep on. Yeah. And then another guy pops up and goes, it's OK. He knew what he was risking. Like that's very funny. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is this is genuinely very funny. Uh-huh. Um, and we, we learn the uh, the – I was actually just real quick too. another joke in this is the Navy keeps doing uh, weapons. I know this is jumping ahead, but uh-huh. the Navy uh, keeps introducing weapons that don't uh, have to like Navy's uh, introducing the weapons they're famous for airplanes. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's a funny joke. And I was looking on the TV tropes of this. And uh-huh. sometimes I fucking hate TV tropes. Yeah. Like, I think they're their worst kind of nerds. Where somebody, like, in the, the fridge section where people, it's like, oh, things that you, you occur to you later, right? Like, don't seem to make sense in the moment. Uh-huh. Uh, and someone's like, yeah, it's a pretty funny joke that the Navy keeps bringing out airplanes. That is until you realize, and then hyperlink, uh, aircraft carriers are one of the Navy's biggest assets. Hey, you dingus. When you realize. Like, <laughs> when like, you realize. <laughs> like, yeah, you thought that you you thought this was silly. Yeah. However, hey. it's actually a fact. <laughs> hey, 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 brain genius joke getter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, so it's either that or you realize Oleander doesn't know shit about the military and is a paper tiger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he didn't actually be in it, wasn't actually in it. Yeah. Or alternatively, uh, it's, it's just a funny joke. Yeah, that, that the game does by sub, you know by by subverting that expectation, the wins and performance and delivery. <laughs> uh, quit trying to solve this. Yeah, <laughs> and also just the cadence of that. And then I didn't like you couldn't have given me enough money to click on the hyperlink <laughs> for whatever that was like the the source. Uh-huh. So you say like, yeah, this seems like a good joke until you realize aircraft carriers. <laughs> and I was just like, sometimes it, it just nerds, it links to aluminum Christmas trees you. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. just like every, sometimes man, just like, <laughs> and I don't even have to get into wild mass guessing to hate those people. Like, nope. you know, and then I, you know, I go on that website every time yeah. I pop on there, I was like, it's the 10th site you looked at page. You looked at this month. And I'm like, stop reminding me. <laughs> don't like, remind I, I me. Like I, this I keep is bring the old world of darkness pages. Yeah. They're fun. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Like it's, it's yeah. a, it's a fun read and a good resource. <laughs> but like... Yeah. But some of the people, any, anything you have like a wiki set up where it's just people, you know, the crowd. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be some low cards in that crowd. And uh, this is one <laughs> of them. Um, so we, we basically, the setup here, the resistance uh, is uh Cochamera is the, the, uh, they're resisting who's kind of their Ultraman. Yes. Uh, there. And they'll yeah. help find they'll help you find Lily if we do that work for them. Mm-hmm. And this is the first level too that and previous to this, I don't think this is really a problem, where even when they're charming, they're at least they're like twenty minutes to a half hour too long. Yeah. Yeah. This goes on. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny, but man, the things you do keep going on. Yeah. Like they're long. Like mm-hmm. the, these levels are long. Uh way longer than the the then stretches out like the charm really like jokes continue throughout that are still good but the actual concept part of like i'm climbing on buildings and stuff just it just goes on for a very long time for how for how welcome these concepts are it is kind of astonishing that they're able to wear them out yeah yeah yeah. you know because it's having this constant parade of new concepts and and setups is a great thing for pacing yeah but not if you just jog in place in each one yeah and i i can kind of understand like hey we're gonna make the assets and we gotta get we gotta give folks what they want and this needs to be a 10-hour game mm-hmm. but, yeah yeah um yeah. <laughs> the, just periodically as you're going through here you get these uh news broadcasts that's obviously done by oleander you know coach amara coach yeah coach amara yep um and the newscasts are very funny because like they'll have you know obviously some jingoistic propaganda or whatever um, and then at the end, just kind of like just subconsciously, it'll say like, um, it is a good thing. To, it is a good thing to kidnap kids. You know, when you yeah. kidnap the kids, please, <laughs> please make sure the brains are intact, et cetera. Yep. You know, in between, you know, Oleander saying, uh, you know, I, somebody said that they heard the <laughs> they heard uh, Gagalore talking about how much he hates freedom and the economy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's oh. very good. Uh, <laughs> and like man on the street interviews and stuff like that, like the presentation kind of uh 
things they do with this yeah. where things kind of switch up are, are very very yeah. good and they don't just have you like scaled up and you're doing your full move set like you can't do your uh uh ball run right because you're mm. too you're too heavy like there is a an added heft to raza's motion in this um, mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of like a 3D, uh, you know, rampage kind of feel too, because there are some buildings that you can climb and there are other ones that you just kind of stomp on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you destroy uh, this prison and some resistance members give you a shield power. Mm-hmm. You get, um, which I never really liked using, like it is too much of a inventory pressing pause tax to equip a shield. Yeah. You know, this should have just been a button mm-hmm. um, in any universe. Uh, but you can use it to get through this laser tunnel and free this blimp pilot. Um, his plan is to spread these pamphlets. Yeah. Um, and they're like, we, we have a lot of work to do. We have to find a decent but inexpensive printer <laughs> and get these things. You know, it's, again, very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you you obviously don't care about their actual struggles. Yeah. Um, you're, you're fighting through the city, getting these propaganda things, until eventually you get to this island with Kochamaro's radio tower. And you do a boss fight, which this, this uh, combat bark's got really annoying to me i don't know like how alone i am in this but this wasn't funny to me um you know it's it's making fun of how like kaiju or sen sentai movie you know things people announce their attacks Mm -hmm. which i also think is dumb yeah um but he just announces them literally what they are yes you know hard to avoid area attack Mm -hmm. you know things like that and it just it you hear them a lot yeah it'd be a fun Uh, it would be a fun thing in a cutscene. Um, yes. and like it plays into the gimmick. So you get the, you get the shield power in this, uh, what you're waiting for him is to shoot the deadly pause to load new dialogue triangle beam. Um, yeah. and you have to shield when the triangle beam was coming out so you can reflect back at him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there's, there's no reason for just punching not to work on him. No. You know, this is the first time where that kind of got on my nerves. Like, where yeah. I'm like, okay, like you want me to do a thing, but there's no real narrative explanation for why yeah. like. Narrative or just um, like semiotic explanation, like nothing yeah. visually that reads mm-hmm. that I can't just punch this thing. Yeah, let me do it. Just make it not very effective. Yeah, and at least a little, like a little effective. Mm-hmm. You know, like that wouldn't hurt. You know, but they and they do this kind of thing a lot in this game, where it's yeah. like you actually have to do this weird little gimmick. The thing's invincible to that, but like it makes me think of Mario games, where they signal that by having like you know really really loving animations of like your hand bouncing off. Yeah. You know, like, like you're, you're like, like hitting the sword against the adjudicator's gut, <laughs> you know? Um, and they just like really signal that like, oh, this is too, you know, and they don't really do it in this game. Not a huge deal, but a little bit annoying. Yeah. Um, so Raz moves to destroy the antenna, but Kochamara destroys it on his way. Um, he doesn't need the lungfish anymore because he has Lily's brain. Yeah. Lily's brain yeah. is super powerful. Um, uh, the lungfish now worship Gogolor. He is their new leader. And when you go back into the real world, uh, the spell has been broken on the lungfish speaks to you in this, you know, wise monster kind of voice. Um, her name is Linda. Yep. Linda. (laughs) Um, and she puts you in her mouth to carry you, uh, through the lake to the Island with the insane asylum where all of this is kind of, uh, kind of emanating from. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, in between, uh, you go get uh, you can go to Ford to get your telekinesis training, and we find out why he can't leave. Um, his personality has been shattered uh, through this stuff, and he needs to be close to this uh, titanium. Yes, these titanium deposits to amplify his powers. Yeah, to uh, have him put it together. When he goes up on the surface, he doesn't remember who he is. Yeah, so that's, so that's why, why he's, he's the janitor, janitor and the boatmaster, all that. Yep, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so you need the spider web duster at this point. Um, they made the absolutely gobsmacking decision to make it take 800 arrowheads to yep. get this. 
um, which means mm. uh, grinding against enemies, like going back to the camp at night, and dropping dropping bears. one or two of them at a time. Yep, yeah, dropping one or two at a time, or uh, getting the engaging with this terrible metal detector kind of mini game. Yeah, dou- you, you uh, get a dousing riding to play Chocobo Hot and Cold. Yeah, and Chocobo Hot and Cold was never good, friends. Mm-hmm. I know people like that mini game for some reason, but boy, is that <laughs> fucking obnoxious! Like, Hot and Cold is not a very good game in general. Nope. <laughs> you know, as, as like a concept, like. Yeah. You know, I get it. Like you're kind, of, you know, you're kind of honing in on a place, you know. But like game is, it feels like a very big stretch mm-hmm. for what you're engaging with with that. Yeah. And then you get like thirty of them, mm-hmm. right? Like the the thing, the the dousing rod, I think cost eighty. It's like sixty or eighty. And when you buy it, like the little bark is like, oh, that thing will pay for itself in three or four doses. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like you mean I get like fifteen to twenty? Yeah. Of of, of these uh, of for engaging in this thing, kill me. Yeah. And it meant grinding up. Yeah. So I just kind of ground some stuff up to get this pro- progression mandatory doodad. Yeah. So the, the the secret to this is like the big deposits, um, they are in pre-assigned places. You can just go online and find a map yeah. and, go, and go after the biggest ones, which reduces the time that this takes um, substantially. Still really bullshit to just put a grinding wall in the middle of, st- in the middle of this, yeah. especially Do for it. like a major power that will uh you know that that determines progression right yeah this should have been optional or not you know i don't know it's 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 annoying to me i don't want don't make me engage in your grindy nonsense um yes it was the style at the time yeah i want these people to know better (laughs) you could have been the first Uh, yep you you could have been a trailblazer yeah yeah um so we move on to the next level the guard at the uh the front door of the asylum is this conspiracy nut he's very paranoid um, you can't get in, so you throw a door on his head and go inside, and we're introduced into another famous level uh, from the game. Probably the most famous. Yeah. Like this and Lunkfishopolis are the two of them I hear about the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a little stronger, actually. Yeah. Uh, this is the Milkman Conspiracy. I love the Milkman's Conspiracy quite a bit, um, despite the fact, or probably because of the fact, that it is not like any of the others. It it, it, yeah. it just It just leans on the it leans on the adventure game side of this. And I don't know. I'm always a fan of conspiracy stuff. Like it is a, it is a good and fun aesthetic, you know, give, mm-hmm. give me, give me your Dale's gribble and your deus is X, you know? Yeah. And it, you know, again, legitimately funny. Yes. Like, you know, it, it actually elicits laughs. Yeah. Um, and just the, like the visual design of this place, um, like the, the down to the geometry, it's not something I had seen before. And I don't know that I've seen it since because you're in this like 1950s suburbia kind of deal, but the, but the street, instead of just, you know, being on a plane or on a sphere, um, the entire level is this big tangle of space. Like you can look up and you can just kind of see the geometry spiraling into madness as it gets all tangled up. It is such a good visual metaphor for what's going on with this guy's head as he gets twisted around the axle, you know, trying mm. to figure out what the squirrels are doing or whatever. Um, that it, 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 it's just stunning how well it works. The, uh, the, like the actual like geometry of this stuff, I give a little less credit to you. Like, I think it's cool. I think mm-hmm. it's good. I don't, I feel like I've seen wacky shit where you walk on the walls before, you know, it doesn't, like that, but it does like the original idea. It's interesting. Like the, again, that documentary, there's like a little telling thing that to me kind of talks about the, the lack of control over making this thing mm-hmm. where, uh, Tim Schafer told the artist, the level designer to make this like a spider web. Yeah. Like the idea was this web of conspiracies, right? Like this guy's house is at the center. 
mm-hmm. and all these things lead into it to kind of visually represent a conspiracy. Yeah. And then he just kind of came back with this yeah. instead. And he was like, and Tim Schafer went, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and I was <laughs> it's like, not oh, that. Like that's, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Like that, that sounds about what made this game. Yeah. And I'm not saying like a spider web would be better or that this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, it's like, okay, like it's, it's, I feel like I've seen a psychic scape where you walk on the walls. Yeah. What, 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 what feels different is, you know, it like in the moment, it's not like you are walking on the walls. All that it changes is your skybox and it just kind of changes the, it changes the horizon. Um, yeah. More, 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 more so than anything. And like leaves you just off guard enough without getting in the way of like actual navigation because the actual thing is like really linear. You're just going, you're making your way around this knot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of making your way through, doing like essentially an adventure game. Yeah, puzzle. Like that's the other reason why I kind of like this level is that there's very little combat mm-hmm. um, in this, and it's mostly uh, a density of jokes and <laughs> showing people objects. Like adventure game again is kind of a little bit like you explore to find an object that allows you to explore a different area to find yeah. an object that allows you to explore a different area to yeah. find an object. So you're in the suburbia, and there are these secret agents who are obviously agents like g-men kind of guys Mm -hmm. you know shadowy faces red eyes wearing trench coats and fedoras and what have you um and they're not so much disguised as they are doing their jobs as they are just holding a prop and saying i am a road worker look at that woman's big breasts (laughs) exactly exactly. i'm holding a sign with a red i'm holding a stick with a red sign and and also just i mean stop (laughs) also using the using the stuff wrong like using the uh being on the road crew and using the stop sign as a as a shovel or like i am a grieving widow and i'm holding this bouquet but i'm strumming it like it's a guitar like what a funny fucking just like visual gag well and the delivery is just you know a plus yeah like here like the the voice acting on these guys is so good and then the way that like the character, like I, I feel like if this were like a baby game for kids, the the care like Raz would be super slow on the uptake. Yeah. Of this, but he's not. Like mm-hmm. one of the things I like about Raz as a character is he's really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it says uh, he he figures this out. Like he he looks at the thing and he immediately starts playing along as soon as you have to start getting into areas. Like you know, I am I am a street worker. I am a street worker. <laughs> Hello, good day. Did you see the sports game? And you can walk into their area, you know, uh, something like that. Um, it is like gameplay wise, there are for failing those or making an incorrect guess. Mm-hmm. It is just an instant fail. Like yeah. you get a little fun game, you know, a little fun losing your life screen where they interrogate you. Mm-hmm. That is cute and good, but it is a little bit annoying. Yeah. And then like interrogation the updates of to instant stealth. Yes, an instance of stealth fail is bad. That that uh, that death scene is really good because it updates depending on where they found you or like yeah. how far you've gotten. Yep, and there there are like it's random which ones you hear to a mm-hmm. degree, so it updates. But there also will be ones like what are the goggles for, like things like yep. that, which is pays off later. Just <laughs> super fun. Yeah. Um, you also get my favorite power in the game here. Yes. Um, when you go to his house, you get the clairvoyance badge, so you can see the world how he sees it. Um, you use this on things uh and you can see how they see you yep and this is very rarely used for puzzles like mm-hmm. it is used for a couple puzzles yeah but mostly it's just like a really cute little touch yeah you know to like see how other people see you and they're they're fun and they're mm-hmm. unique yeah. like you can go and everyone in the game has a different one yep um and yeah it's uh it's really good yeah it's um, a, really clever i only ever really engage with it here which like you know if you're holding the if you're holding the uh uh, stop sign or whatever go up to any of the agents and they look at you all that they see is a uh, like a cardboard cutout 
uh, kind mm-hmm. of version of a, of a of a street worker or whatever doesn't look anything like you, but like that is that is how thin your disguise has to be for them to be convinced by it. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, really, just just phenomenal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we find out like uh, the milkman died in a fire, so we need to get into his mausoleum by posing as a widow again. You, if you have flowers, like I am a grieving widow, <laughs> you're a grieving widow. I will give you your space. <laughs> um, his body isn't there. Uh, there is just a book there. Right. However. Okay. And while this is happening, there's a subplot of a Girl Scout group called the Rainbow Squirts, which is gross, <laughs> um, who are running around uh, who are scared of you. I've used the clairvoyance. They think you're this milk stealing goblin. Yes. Um, so you cannot just like go up to them and get what you need. Like you have mm-hmm. to actually kind of be more yeah. clever about it. Yep. So they're they're hiding and running around corners and stuff. Another nice touch is that like as you're going down the street, you will see cameras poke out of things. So like the top of a, the top of a fire hydrant will open up and a camera will snap a picture of you. Um, mm-hmm. props will follow you around. Like they'll move behind you. Yeah. And you can yeah, like, yeah. you can talk to them as Raz and say, hey, are you following me? Yeah. <laughs> to a mailbox uh, or whatever. Yeah. I'm a mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> um, super yeah. good. And obviously, I mean, I don't can't remember if we brought this up, but obviously the, the crows on the train are an homage to this in a happy yes. time. Yeah. Yeah. Just going from the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mentioned milkman, uh, back in the last yeah. episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next major goal here, you go back to the security guard, say, hey, here's this book. And he says, oh, <laughs> I, I was completely wrong about everything, which is what I expected. Uh, here, here, yeah. what we have to do, we need to get into the book depository. You have to go through the sewers. And he gives you a rifle. Uh, and Raz is like, mm-hmm. oh, now we're talking. And you're like, no, this is just so you can get past the assassins. Yeah, so you can just look like all these assassins outside the book <laughs> depository, which if you would guess that the people on TV tropes uh, felt like super geniuses by being like a book depository hyperlink remind you of anything (laughs) (laughs) wait so this pastiche of conspiracy theories takes in a prominent detail from the most famous conspiracy theory in american history apparently so apparently nothing gets past these guys the genius joke getter has figured it out (laughs) the (laughs) just like amazing Um, so uh you can get in the book you can get into the book depository now um, and you can use clairvoyance uh, in order to get into this post office. You get the plunger. Um, and then uh, there's these things that happen where uh, this is annoying to me. I think this I is them this. trying to spice up the pacing Yeah. where you're walking and you get pulled down into this like, you know, psychic void space to fight a monster. Yeah. Just kind of a monster. And like, I don't know. Let me so, do the funny adventure, funny adventure game part. So these like are these are stop. called nightmares, and these were rejected bosses that popped up and that were originally supposed to be in different places. They they decided, oh, Milkman Conspiracy doesn't have enough like of what we want this game to be. So instead of just throwing these bosses out from elsewhere, what we will do is is you know just put them here, apropos of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't love it. No, I don't love the fights, and I don't love that they're here. No. Um, so inside, uh, the, the sniper in the book depository is actually one of the rainbow squirts. Mm-hmm. Um, she shoots a bunch of these agents and then you, uh, from here you can grab this like helicopter helmet remote view to find the milkman's actual tomb, uh, and get there. I uh, use this phone to get on the wires, grind over it again, just kind of doing some platforming stuff. Yeah. Bloop, until eventually, um, once you have the phone, you're a phone repairman. So you can use invisibility to get into the Rainbow Squirt's house mm-hmm. where you meet the dead mother. Yes. Invisibility is another one of those powers you have to level up to get. And, yep. and, and they, they love just doing these puzzles where somebody closes a door and you have to understand, I have to turn invisible so I can get through that door before they close it. 
which you might not have that power unless yeah. you're engaging with the economy. Yes. So bad design. Mm-hmm. Um, you get in and you fight. Uh, the den mother is there. She's presiding over a meeting. Um, and we have led the agents and the censors there. Yep. <laughs> I just love the scene of the, like all these authorities rolling up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the dead mother, she retreats into the milk, milkman's tomb, you know, just the, the, the purpose of the rainbow squirts other than to sell rainbow treats. They, they, they really stop themselves from saying rainbow cookie. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, she like, they've got to protect the milkman's annuity so that, you know, people do not harness his power or what have you. And so you follow her down and fight her. Um, for a mm-hmm. boss fight that at first is really basic, but then she turns out the lights, her crazy fifties angular glasses or night vision. Uh, so you have to use clairvoyance to see through her eyes and go and find her. That is yeah. a cool gimmick. I like that. It's it's a cool gimmick. What you end up doing is not particularly fun. And aiming the boxes at her with telekinesis to, at her, yeah. I found that tricky. No. Like I kept falling just short of her. Like things that felt like they should hit would not hit. Mm-hmm. Um, there, but it is a cool gimmick, you know, to go to go do so. It's very also very classic. Like you just got this power and now use it on the boss. Yeah, yeah. Which is a weird thing that the game doesn't always do. Mm-hmm. You know, it pops up in a couple of things, but like here, it's it's very prominent. Um, once you defeat her, uh, the milkman wakes up. Uh, it turns out the milkman is Boyd. Um, he kills all the agents and scouts with these exploding milk bottles because the milkman, uh, is this like secret agent arsonist, mm-hmm. like a code name, which I love that the milkman throws <laughs> Molotov cocktails, like super, super good. Um, he opens the door, the front gate of the asylum, holding a lit Molotov cocktail, ready to blow it up. Mm-hmm. There's a part where you're like, is that real milk or exploding milk? Like, yeah, you see, you saying like, this is what the world wants. It's what the world deserves. Yeah. It did. Like, and he says something like covering it in white, creamy justice or something. Like it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he holds this pose in real life at the front door of the asylum uh, with the Bernie Molotov cocktail until the very end of the game. <laughs> yep. Very fun. Um, so you you have to uh, you meet this woman in Gloria here. This is kind of the beginning of getting three objects that allow you to disguise yourself as Dr. Lobato to continue through. Yes. Um, and this is the worst one, I think. Um the uh, second time when I tried to revisit this, so I played this two and a half times. Mm-hmm. Um, when I tried to revisit it, this is where I stalled out. It's not good. Um, I I hate this. Yeah, like I, I this in Black Velvetopia, I hate. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like these levels are re- and, and obviously Meat Circus, but it just feels like you don't even have to say it. Like, right, it goes well. Um, but like this is a really bad level. Like, does it check the good boxes? Like, is it a clever way to show uh, manic depressive disorder? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it? one fucking iota of fun to play no like in terms of what you do not even a tiny bit mm-hmm. like the boss is bad the actual mechanics are bad and one of the the just like friction things that it adds is like switching between these modes uh which we'll get to just takes a lot of like doing yeah you know climb. something that should be a button like is is like this climbing this ladder walking up to this thing hitting it walking mm-hmm. back down after watching this little cutscene, every time you do it. Yep. Tri- trial and error. Like you, you watch yep. the scene that's deployed to see if it works and if it's in the wrong mood or if it's not, if it's in the wrong set, you have to do annoying navigation to set things up and then go back into your inventory, pull the thing out, be kind of in the, you know, be, be on the right part of the level in order to fire it. So you can, you know, watch, so you can watch the scene uh, and try again, just like, yeah. just a, just a really annoying amount of setup in between, um, really iterations. Yeah. This was the first level they did. This was the level they were trying to complete in order to show off to people. Mm. You know, when they first did their like first public display, this is their first level. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if like usually like a first level, like when we talk about that, we it's like usually one that a lot of care went into it. Yeah. 
you know, it's like, oh, this was the good one. But it's like, argue, you know, it's like the second worst level in the game, yeah. you know, which is just kind of a weird arc. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense for like people who have not never made this type of game before, like learning, I guess. Yeah. No. You know, so like while the painted world of Ariamis could be one of the best levels in Dark Souls 1 because they have the Dark Soul or the Demon Souls experience. Mm-hmm. They had no 3D platformer experience. So their first level is maybe not so great. Right. Yeah. So um, yep. let's get into the details. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. the flavor of this is fine. I, I do think this is not super funny. Yeah. There are, there are funny touches, but this is way less like laugh out loud than the two things that bookend it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's also like, so when you go inside, uh, the producer kind of yells at you for interrupting um, and you learn that they've fallen on hard times. Um, they used to have this hit, but now they go back and forth between this happy and sad play. And it's there, you know, they no longer have a hit. And there's this critic uh, named Jasper in the box seat who is a, uh, you know, criticizing them is the only person who watches. Yeah. I also think that like, and of course I think this because I'm a professional critic. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I do think that media that is like, Oh, the critics are the problem is kind of weirdly cheap. And I don't know, like, like lady in the water style. Yeah. Like Bob, yeah. Like Bob Balaban lady in the water. I think that's cartoonish <laughs> to be like, you know, the, these are the real problems. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a dreamer. And I'm trying to create. And it's like, well, yes, like, <laughs> the, you know, the act of creation is magical and good. No one would ever take that away from you. The idea that evaluation of work shouldn't happen mm-hmm. is weird. And you like no one says that about any other pursuit. Right. You know, other than art, like the idea that it is somehow profane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess teaching like there's that like those who can't teach. Yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. Like so teaching gets that same kind of like disrespect. But like it's just it's a weird idea. It's it is a um, it, it comes across as very small on the yes. part of a creator. All I can think about is the famous story of Michael Crichton naming a character after one of his, after one of his most, uh, you know, kind of you know, just virulent critics or what have you, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who didn't, you know, didn't, didn't care for professional rivalry there or something. Um, and in the story, this character, like the defining trait was he had a very small penis. Mm. Um, and this is, this, this is a famous lawsuit because in order to sue, uh, Michael Crichton for libel. Uh, the, the, the this person who had his, you know, who was basically oh, slander yeah, for this. Drop dong. Well, like, I mean, so he, I, yeah. I I believe that he didn't sue because he would have had to approve. He he would have had to approve that that it was a lie. He would have to say like, no, he's lying. I don't have a small penis here. I've got to show you. Um, and I don't think the lawsuit went through. Um, yeah. I just, I, I always think about that anecdote and I think of just how petty that is. Well, and the, the point of the anecdote is always to be like, lol, that dude has a small dick. He couldn't prove it. Uh, you know, here at, here at watch out for fireballs, we're fans of all kinds of genitals. Uh, there's no, there's no such thing as a bad dick. Like mm-hmm. we proved for limp. We understand that like, you don't have to have like a huge swinging member to be worthwhile. Right. Like yeah. everything, you know, whatever you have, uh, or don't have is great. Yeah. You know, so like the point of that, the joke is always just like, ah, he couldn't put his money where his mouth is. But that's based in the same kind of aggressive bullshit. The joke is based on. Yeah. You know, like shaming that dude for having a small member. Yeah. Who cares whether his member is yeah. small? Maybe he's it's... a fucking demon with his tongue, dude. Like, <laughs> right, considered how good that guy is about going downtown. Yeah. He might walk in Memphis like a motherfucking champ. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if, even beyond that, like, just I, I learned that story in like a business law class or a media law class talking specifically about libel and slander, uh, you know, as a way to illustrate that, you know, the best defense for any of those is the truth. And also, here is yeah. like one particularly shitty way that it cut against the person who was, you know, you know, had some shit written about him. Yeah. 
There's also the 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 two-headed dragon troll thing in uh in Willow, which is called the Ebor Sisk. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert, which is small of you. Yeah. Creators of the best movie of all time. Um the, <laughs> I, I, so, I'm sorry. I, what, what, what movie are you talking about? Uh, uh, nothing. Okay. Um the uh uh Shawshank Redemption. The um there that'll shut you up. Um, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> um so anywho, uh they need to get their star out here, uh, who is this this character that they used to light up the stage, mm-hmm. uh, Benita so- Solil. Solil. Benita Solil, um, who used to light up the stage, but she won't come out of her dressing room. Right. And this is my favorite. This is the joke. I like it's not just the deep voice. I like that this would be John Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this were made now, I like the Dr. Girlfriend thing. I just like that she listens to a record of somebody crying to help her concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it is not like immediately explaining like you go back to like oh you're trying to get me out there huh and like as you're talking like you hear the <laughs> like yeah. you, like you have to as raz ask like oh, wait who's crying and then she delivers the joke yeah and the, and the, the the joke is legitimately super good like yeah you know woman with a deep man voice haha like possibly you know problematic at this point also you just did that with Linda, you yeah. know, with the lungfish. Uh-huh. But the 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 listening to the record is very good. Yes. <laughs> so, um, she can only perform if we get, if we get the spotlight, uh, which you have to go into the storeroom, get it, and then put it up in the put it up in the device that changes the mood. Um, and kind of the default plays that you have are sunshine shenanigans, which is the happy play. Um, and then there's like the like like Hagatha's home or something like that. Yeah. And they are about Gloria's life, you know, Gloria's playhouse. You know, it's about her, you know, her her idyllic childhood that she kind of remembers, and then her mom sending her away uh, to yeah. this, you know, state Isn't stage Black daughters. Swander. Yeah, Black, Black Swan's her kid. Yeah. Yeah, she Black Swan's her kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And the, uh, you know, at some point, uh, the phantom, there's a phantom at play, uh, drops this heavy light on one of the actors and the critic shows up and, and blames the death on uh, Bonita's bad acting. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jasper has his own play. So you're going to go right all this time. You're running around both like getting new plays and also switching the modes mm-hmm. uh, because they change the geography of the level to allow you to get to new places. Yeah. Again, clever as hell. Yep. Just friction, friction. Pull. Yeah. Uh, uh, a bad part when you are in the sad area, the actors turn into these spinning top plant monster kind of things that yeah. will hit you uh, no matter what. They're going to hit you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So in order yep. to proceed, you need to get new scenes. You need to have like into like new parts of the script. Jasper has his own script that he wants that, that he wants everybody to run. And it is the most like overwritten, you know, Shakespearean ask yeah. prose kind of deal. Because no, that's that's critics. They yeah. just wish that they could make plays, yeah. but they can't. And that's why they do the thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So uh, and when you talk to the producer, she says, like, hey, don't mess around with that mood override that much. Like, you know, but these happy plays on sad sets, sad plays on happy sets. It's total chaos. Or worse, improv. Haha. <laughs> Fuck yeah. improv. Um, the, uh, so you're changing the set mood, getting more scripts, et cetera, et cetera. It keeps happening. Mm-hmm. So you eventually bring in this boat that you can ride. Uh, and then once you do, you get out of this new area. You ask her. She says, hey, is the hot air balloon prop still up? Um, so you do this platform course um, where the Phantom is attempting to kill you with these stage implements. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the beginning, like pre-boss fight of this. Yes. Um, and the lighting and angles of this are really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're just getting, having things kind of thrown at you from a distance in the background. Yeah. Uh, very hard to dodge. Like this yeah. just ends up being something like a tank. 
yeah a lot of this bullshit Addition, additionally the, the the darkness ends up obscuring what is floor and what is uh what is pit yep at least it, it yep, did yep. for me on my tv yeah so you know neither of which i wanted like fall down there's also uh, there's a clever bit here though because if you have um clairvoyance and you use it on the phantom and he looks at you he just sees one and a half stars <laughs> uh which is funny and also what the critic said earlier so it kind of yeah. foreshadows who that is so like again the clairvoyant stuff in this game is good mm -hmm. yeah so you eventually um, get to a point where you know the the, the critic is you know hold up through you know throwing uh his projectiles at you to stop you you turn on the spotlight and it drives the phantom over to the stands and it reveals you know shock of shocks it is jasper uh, yes jasper and the phantom are one and the same yep 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 um so this uh begins the boss fight um he has this box seat that grows these cannons that fire pens the fire negative word energy attack the, 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 the cannons are pens themselves and he throws oh, like yeah, yeah. trite <laughs> just yes. uh, yeah, the words, yeah, yeah, just spears, you know, critics at him. You have to stun him with a spotlight by taking a candle. You yeah. walk over to these things and light this candle that makes him vulnerable. Then you have to make your way down there and, and hit him. It's really, um, really de rigueur. Yeah, very, very de rigueur. And also just like the perspective of this makes this annoying, I think. Yeah. Um, once you take him down, Benita Soleil can actually perform. And uh, then Jasper is super tiny. He shrinks down because if you don't listen to the critics, you can actually, uh, you know, make uh make beautiful art so he shrinks down he's doesn't matter he fits in a popcorn box um we talked to gloria she decides to leave and she gives you the trophy mm -hmm. so and this allows us to that's one third of the things we need um you can find this man in a straight jacket uh and a, a napoleon hat raving battle orders uh with this other guy trying to rein him in yes um here and yeah. uh the orderly is half blind yet in a very adventure game like thing you have to get a disguise yeah to look like him to, in order to get upstairs uh, and this is the other two kind of bits we have to do. Yes. Um, um, the first one, which is Water wor Waterloo World, which I think this is great. Yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, pr pr pretty much a triumph with a couple of hiccups. Like, it's still not perfect, but this is probably my favorite level in the game. Mm -hmm. um, this and Milkman are kind of tied. I think this is more fun to play and a little bit shorter. Yeah. Um, Milkman is a little bit funnier, but maybe, like, feels slightly less like... This just feels very clever to me. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is Fred. Yes, this is this is Fred. This is Fred Bonaparte. Uh, mm -hmm. And the reason, you know, it's, it's not just that he believes he is Napoleon. He is actually, like, the great, 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 great grandson of napoleon and in his head napoleon and he and him are playing the strategy game like a carcassonne kind of deal um mm -hmm. I, I don't know i have no idea i've never played any of these nerd games that's got some some carcassonne dna yeah it's, sure. got, it's got hexagons um yeah. but he's playing this game against napoleon and napoleon's like you know how how can you call yourself a descendant of mine um you know i need to teach you the value of victory and fred is just giving you giving up he's like all right you can just win um but he will not forfeit his way out of this um, yeah. And so uh, in order to proceed, you have to step onto the board and you are shrunk down to run around on the hex grid. Yes. Uh, where there are like pieces, like game pieces around and little houses that represent like units in this board game. Mm -hmm. um, you're not actually engaging with any strategy here. Like the, no, not, you're no. not playing a board game. It's not uh, defending Condor, you know, the, the, the Phoenix egg or what have you in Final Fantasy VI, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
it's not what you're doing, but um, it is uh, it has the cadence of that, where you have to kind of solve a series of problems uh, to push back these armies on Napoleon's forces. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, uh, it's yeah. all a bunch of adventure game stuff, but it is done yeah. through a really good metaphor. And while it's happening, there's a little guy that follows you around shooting you mm-hmm. and uh, will run away from you if you try to fight him. This is this uh, is patched out in the oh, in the PS4 okay. version. This didn't happen for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. in the PS2 version there there's like a yeah. little guy you're getting needled the entire time you do this Blech. um why yeah why why the- why like what's the idea like it it does make it more challenging but when you make something challenging like ask a question whether it's to an end uh-huh. right like I was, I was talking about this game on twitter and uh, jim crawford the frog factions fella uh said uh, he was like one of the things that i took away from psychonauts is that the biggest thing i took away from psychonauts as a designer is that players will only be bothered by bad design if it impedes their goals mm-hmm and I was like, that's true, right? Yeah. Like if this if this didn't actually require like a little bit of heightened awareness and distraction, mm-hmm. like it's because it's stopping me from playing the game mm-hmm. that it sucks. It's not like yeah. it's getting in the way of the good design things. Yeah. Like like it just, it just high difficulty brings all of the all of the deficiencies into starker focus. You know, and it, w- without that little guy there, there'd be no difficulty. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd just be walking around doing the thing, laughing at the jokes, seeing the colors, mm-hmm. admiring how they play with scale. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You know, like, what if this does not put up a fight? Is it worse? Yeah. Not Psychonauts. Like, this game, <laughs> if this game did not put up a fight, it would be better. Right. And, like, that's kind of a final summation thing. But, like, this is where I got very frustrated with it. And it's worse in Black Velvetopia. Where I was just like, why are you trying to stop me from playing you? Mm-hmm. You know, like this this is just a question before you'd make something hard. Yep. You know, it has to be to a purpose. Like, I think, you know, I think Sekiro is 15% or so too difficult. The I would never say the difficulty that doesn't have any kind of point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's to an artful purpose at the very least. Yes. This is not to an artful purpose. No. Uh, and that is really damning. Mm-hmm. Because even while I'm doing this level that I love, I have this constant low level feeling of just being like, again, I'm trying to write a novel while someone flicks me in the back of the head with a pen Mm -hmm. the whole time. And it's not okay. Like it's very frustrating. Yeah. At the very least, if you're getting this on modern systems, I believe it is patched out, but you know, the fact that they try to get it past you says something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And then there's the, the meat circus in general, which is the the biggest thing that got patched out. Yeah. Uh, Which is also like, Hey, you're at the end of this game. You really want to see the end of the story. You mm-hmm. want to deal with these, uh, you know, the, these characters, kind of see what happens. But oh no, we're gonna try to stop you because video game, you know, yeah, um, yeah, just not, you know, not this, not the smartest or most elegant way that they could have tackled the problem they created for themselves. I feel like right. Um, so anywho, uh, so what you need to do, like, there's a bridge. You have to put a carpenter unit there. Um, he won't actually come out unless you get this burglar off of his roof. It's, um, it's, so you think it's a bunch of sensors cause that's what's up yeah. there later on. Uh, at one point you arm, a, a peasant, uh, you know, with he's the, the with burglar. The, yeah, he's the burglar. He's like, oh man. And now I can finally rob that carpenter. <laughs> yeah, very funny. Yep. Um, I love the gourmand night. Yeah. Like he's hungry. Uh, so you, you recruit these snails, like the snail armored unit, and yeah. they give this inspiring speech about how they're slow, but they're very powerful and they're going to win this war through attrition and stuff uh-huh. and then send them towards the night. They think they're going to get into a fight and the night just eats them, <laughs> which I think is very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this is the quickest turnaround between my dismay at collect 10 of a thing to the actual delivery when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, there's a lot of this that is just that it, very similar to the uh, theater level where it's just patience tax of you having to leave, mm -hmm. right? So like one of the persons like, oh, like, you know, Fred doesn't care about us. So you have to go find one of the little uh, corks that is a geyser that will make you big size again. Mm -hmm. So you can go to Fred and ask him to write a letter. I love this. Like, hey, the people don't think you care about them. Well, what do you want me to do? Write a letter that says I care if they live or die? Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> which is which is funny, but it's not a puzzle. No. Right? Like just saying, like, I just need to ask him. And just making me go through finding the little geyser, going up, doing the clicks and stuff to get it is just like a little bit annoying, right? Yeah. Like, it's just so weird. Like. The friction. Well, I mean, it's the, um, and the same thing happens when the when the militia guy wants money. Like, oh, how much exactly. are you going to pay me? And like, oh, you've got to you've got to get big. Go talk to Fred. TK the coin out of the fireplace. Yeah, yeah. And then you just have a coin. You know, um, it's just not like it's not a puzzle. Like you're not solving a puzzle. You're not really doing a challenge. You're just kind of doing a task. No, that just kind of gives some friction that has really good flavor around it. Mm -hmm. um, so you you get the uh, you get the the needed uh, people. Uh, Napoleon retreats, goes to his castle. You have to do this very annoying platformer <sighs> section to unjam this jawbridge. Like this sucks. The the the, the um, checkpointing on this is fucking egregious. If you if you yeah. die, which you're going to, because they just put projectile enemies just guarding. Everywhere. Yeah, they're like just yeah. gu guarding at the edge of like long stretches where you have to glide. You know, like so you're going to fall into the water. You start back on the mainland. You 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 start as far away as possible from this thing as you possibly could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's very tedious. Yeah. Um, it's what they have kind of instead of a boss fight. Yeah. Because, um, you know, when you, when you lower the, the, the drawbridge, uh, you move the knight into the castle and you just win. It's over. Yep. Yep. Uh, doing so, uh, gets Napoleon out of, there's also a part here too, is just a funny Easter egg. You can find the house that they're playing the game. In. Yep. I love it so much. And that's so, yeah. I just like, that's, wow. <laughs> you know, it's just like cool. It's like, like um, whose idea was that? And did they get paid more? yeah exactly just scale that should have been a bonus yeah. um you know or they should have gotten a bonus for that just very cool um so you uh this fred uh, gets napoleon out of his brain napoleon congratulates him he's like cast off the the shell of his family or the the shadow of his family or what have you mm -hmm. um and the uh he says like i'll go take care of that orderly but i'm gonna take a nap first <laughs> it's, it's funny he's like and now i can go strangle an orderly but i've got to take yeah. a nap first i'm tired <laughs> um you can take a straight jacket which is two, the second piece of the the, the thing you need yes the second piece of the disguise. The final thing that you're going to get um, is something to mimic Lobato's head, which is just a portrait of Lobato. Mm -hmm. uh, you go up, there is this artist named Edgar who is chained up uh, in a little chamber. He is uh, doing black velvet paintings uh, and he's doing a painting of Dr. Lobato. And I was like, hey, it's pretty good. He goes to do his finishing touches uh, and the finishing touches involved just painting a picture of a bullfight over it. He does this involuntarily mm -hmm. every single time he is tortured by the bull. Yeah, he keeps actually doing it. And this is um, like this character is great. Uh, this is a million years long. Yep. Like this is the longest chapter in the game. I'm still playing. it. Uh, yeah, it's it's still happening now. The first people who are playtesting it are still playing it somehow, mm -hmm. um, even though that's impossible. It just it it is way too long and way too yeah. tedious. I think for many bosses. Uh, yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, pretty, you know, I, I dislike this immensely. Um, it's also, as far as stories go, I think that, uh, Edgar, this is the least like 
interesting kind of you know psychosis or whatever just depression or obsession um it may be (laughs) depression and compulsion which i don't know maybe because i relate to it too much for for me it's not even i think it's it's the origins that are just not that interesting yeah yeah he's hung up on high school stuff yeah just like that's not that you know we we had somebody who let an orphanage burn down yeah you know like there's kind of big things this is like he was a jock and somebody stole his girl right you know, who gives a shit, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the fact that he's compulsive and he also has like rage stuff. Like there's a lot of things kind of tied up into it Yeah, um, that are kind of interesting, but I don't think this is the best way to explore it. Yeah. Even um, though like the bull kind of going over and over is a nice like compulsion mm-hmm. thing and it, and it is a uh, torture to play through. Yes. Torture to so. play through. Uh, visually, it is amazing. Yeah, yeah, this the, looks great. Yeah, the the, the yeah. again the commitment to we're going to shade everything to be this black velvet and neon um kind of uh, kind of look. Even the way they change Raz's outfit to make him fit in aesthetically mm-hmm. to it, um, just great. chef kiss, amazing. Yep. The, uh, the 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 um, music being kind of like an electric flamenco uh, surf kind of feel, mm-hmm. very good. Just misery to play. Yeah, I really don't like any of the play here. Yep. Um, so uh. This bull, uh, El Odio, Odio, um, always comes and knocks over these these cards. Like he's uh, Edgar's trying to build this tower of cards to reach this woman, inspire uh, in prison in the sky, um, in this black velvet world. And the bull always comes to knock it over. So you need yes. to find his queen cards so mm-hmm. he can build this tower. Yes. Um, and the bull is continually running through. You have to kind of make your way through different nodes sometimes in the area where the bull is. Mm-hmm. Um, like the uh, like the 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 undead chariot or something yeah um every time it hits you get the same little cutscene of you getting hit getting trampled and then like starting over where you ended up Mm -hmm. um and it just makes everything we're going to describe that you're doing a little bit annoying yeah because like if you know exactly what to do you can limit your interactions with the bull Mm -hmm. i didn't know exactly what to do like i ended up spending like a lot of time you know just kind of even i barely remember this from when i was younger and spent a lot of time kind of exploring and trying to poke at edges to figure out what they wanted me to do next yes um so yeah that's just very annoying mm-hmm. um yeah. also annoying um just mechanically from the economy standpoint are the dogs who sell the yeah. paintings um i love that they used to play poker together but now they're trapped in the alleys yep <laughs> um uh the annoying part is that they sell the paintings you have to use the psychic arrowheads um yes. uh, in order to buy them you just might not have enough so guess what you're going to go grind a little bit more to get the go paintings grind. that you need yep why do they take that currency yeah yeah, it's just kind of weird. I, you know, I don't know. And also, it just kind of feels like, oh, we haven't engaged with the economy. The player probably has a bunch of arrowheads. They'll feel bad if they ha- couldn't spend them. Mm-hmm. You know, and like that, it feels like a that was the idea. But I just I don't want to engage spend, with this economy. Let me, let those people spend them to get concept art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Two needs that I have absolutely no sympathy for. Um, yep. I just dealt with in one. Fell you guys flow. play in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you're going collecting these queens. They all take you to uh admittedly kind of fun or you know kind of not fun funny mm-hmm. uh mini boss fights yeah um that are luchador fights yes again luchador before like luchador was run into the ground by yeah, uh Suda too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah so you, you like every 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 queen that you get takes you in and they are themed after um themed after animals so like mm-hmm. tiger it's pretty basic he does these charging attacks or whatever the real fun stuff comes with the others yeah um, so the dragon, his suit is covered with sulfur. So you keep asking, like, why he has this fart smell. He's <laughs> like, no, it, it doesn't smell. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is cute. Yeah. Um, pretty basic when you fight him. You use pyrokinesis on him between when he does in between these flame attacks. Yeah. None of these take are that hard. Right, right. Um, 
when you then you to get the next queen, you have to go down in the sewers, uh, which are like a high school. They're like bleachers and basketball courts down here. Mm-hmm. There's a great little line where like Raz, like this is making me nostalgic for high school, which is weird because I'm only 10, <laughs> um, which is funny. <laughs> like he's he's feeling it really hard. Like at, like at one point he says, who am I? <laughs> yeah. Like it's causing this weird little identity crisis at him. Um, I love the eagle. The eagle is very good. The eagle is very funny. (laughs) Because, you know, he he goes out and he does this. He does this pose. Instead of doing like a screech or whatever, he just goes, Mm caca. Yeah. (laughs) It just kind of says that very gently. Uh, Caca. It's very funny. Um, (laughs) But he does his aerial attacks. uh, In between there, you have to do this little puzzle thing. Like this dog artist has been hired to paint an ad for the big fight. Um, and you need to talk to this matador, Dingo, uh, Ding- Dingo in Inflagrante. Ah, such a good name. That is like Very a masterclass good. name. Yeah. Um, and if you go up there, you get the confusion powder. Um, one of the annoying things is you can go and do this mini boss fight before you have the thing you need to do it. Yep. To beat it. So I did. And it. yeah, and it's very frustrating because the Queen of Spades takes you to fight uh, this cobra. The um, junior King Kong, King cobra. Kong cobra. Cobra. Uh, who... Uh, is just keeps talking about how he has this focus. You can't interrupt his focus. You need the confusion grenade uh, to to do it, which has an annoying wind up and is hard to do on a timing thing, which you have to do a little bit yep. later. Also limited ammo. Limited ammo for no reason. No. Um, the uh, But the annoying thing is, is I just feel like you can break somebody's concentration in every way that I have. Yes. Like every merit badge can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just annoying. Like, I and you can go to the fight earlier. Yeah. So I went to the fight. I'm like trying to set this guy on fire. I'm running around. I'm like dying. I'm like, why can't I do the thing? I just did stuff in the wrong order. I didn't yeah. go get the power, the confusion power. You know, just sloppy. Annoying. Uh, the dialogue is good. Um, if you clairvoyance on him, he thinks that you're Edgar. Um, and he's talking. Yeah. He's talking at you like you know you like you are Edgar. Um, and he's even, you know, saying like, oh, you know, just the, 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 that, that's what, that's why, you know, you never succeeded, you know, just your coach told us not to feel anything. You feel everything, you know, yeah. et cetera. Um, yep. so use the confusion grenades again, something that suffers from lock on, um, and the cook time seems really inconsistent, uh, yeah. whether they would, you know, explode when you where when and where you wanted them to, or whether they would bounce ineffectually again, sloppiness. Yep. 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 Um, after uh, you take him, uh, you complete this, you can complete the tower uh, here. When you climb up, the woman you know, thanks you for killing uh, El Odio, uh, but you didn't. Uh, he's here, and it's actually Edgar. Edgar yes. is the bull who's running in circles mm-hmm. um, there. Uh, and we have this bullfight uh, with him where you have to pull these spears from the ground. He, and there's just like this little narrative like, oh, he's an ancient creature who's only going to be harmed by ancient bullfighting weapons. Mm-hmm. And the spears have a specific name. I don't know the name. Bender uh, is. Yeah. Bender is. You got uh, to be the picador. <laughs> the weird, weirdly, incredibly cruel practice. Oh, ridiculous! Uh, that humans, um, yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Um, and it's the, and it's weird the, too because like the in, in the kayfabe of of bullfighting, the people who do the spearing, the picadors, like the crowd makes a show out of hating them because of how cruel what they do is. But the matador is adored because their entire thing is taking taking the, the, their, their sword and piercing the heart so it dies immediately. So like yeah. it's all part of the same ritual but like we're gonna hate this one guy he's the heel and the good guy is the one who actually delivers the blow and it's actually good to kill these animals like even like if you if you put a gun to my head and say like is it better to kill this animal painlessly and instantly than torture it with spears (laughs) yeah like you got me (laughs) you know tv tropes hyperlink it's actually more humane than you think yeah i get it but like Like, it's it's still we're we're like all of this we're we're, 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 we're still all choosing to do this you could have stopped any time walker yeah, exactly. There's a third option you're not considering here. 
uh, ancient Spanish tradition. Um, yeah. 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 Fucked up. Silly. <laughs> Fucked up. Um, this but, is literally just a bullfight fight yeah. where he gets stuck on a wall and then you tele- have to telepathy spears into him. <laughs> um, but then the twist is we learn that uh, he's not dead. He's, you know, he turns back into Edgar. <laughs> and now uh, we have to uh, take the, take out uh, – what's his head? Dingo. We have to take, we have to take, take out, out Dingo. Dingo. Um, yeah. One of my favorite details about this, I have no idea how problematic it is. Throughout the entire level, everybody has been speaking in this very ornate Spanish, you know, kind of romantic accent or whatever. When it's revealed that like Dingo and, and, and the queen were just, you know, the, 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 the two cheerleaders, you know, the male cheerleader who ran off with his – girlfriend the, the the girl cheerleader their voices immediately turn like just incredibly white yeah <laughs> just like yep, straight yep. up immature high schooler kind of deal that was very funny that that turn mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um mechanically this is annoying yeah um because you you throw this confusion bomb at uh dingo so he thinks he's a bull so you can throw spears at him which you have to pull out of the bowl right uh, which has that bad aiming uh problem mm-hmm uh, and uh, afterwards, you know, the cheerleaders, the two characters left are, are portrayed as very pathetic. Um, and that lets Edgar get over them. Yes. You know, that's like, let them, let them have each other. Mm-hmm. And then he opens up a pit and drops them down into it and he is over it. I can't believe I was hung up on those, those fools. Yep. Yeah. So um, Edgar, he's so, able to yeah, we, good. We, weakest character story to me, like yeah. still very much like, it's not like the compulsion is fine, but him just like being hung up on a high school lost love. Like, mm-hmm. When you're brainstorming things that people could have these serious problems with. Yeah. So like, it just feels very basic. Why, why choose now to be relatable? Yeah. Why, this could have been an earlier problem. Yeah. You know, if like the one guy uh, is trauma from his lost parent and the other one is guilt. And then we have this like familial thing. And then we have like actual manic depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, yeah, like I, this, uh, my lost love, like the one who got away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I don't know. There's something about it that's, and it's probably just because of how annoying I find the, the level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't, it's, it's, it, it starts sapping goodwill from other, from other aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so back in real life, Edgar has finished his portrait of Lobato and he is getting ready to go. This is enough for you to complete your disguise. You have the claw hand, you have the jacket and you've got Lobato's face. So you can go talk to this orderly. Uh, what's very fun is that the, the orderly, uh, used to be a, a, a patient, um, in the, in mm-hmm. the asylum, uh, and, uh, Fred, you know, the, the, the person that, you know, that, that, that we played the board game with, he gave the board game to, uh, to Crispin, to the orderly, um, and their matches drove him insane. And Crispin just b- b- leveraged that power <laughs> over yeah. him. Yeah. So they kind of yeah. change places, but yeah, uh, you go talk to him and then you get into the elevator and it is time for Bonaparte to exact his revenge. So we're going to see that later. Uh, no, yep. this is this, this Crispin is, uh, is dealt with. Bonaparte strangles him, I guess. Uh, yeah, funny. Because he's bad. Yes. He's got a bad haircut. <laughs> um, now we're on the upper asylum floors. This is misery. <sighs> um, this is a very long platforming challenge with like lots of problems endemic to the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, things like, uh, you know, Hey, there's a floor above me. There's like one hole in the ceiling mm-hmm. that maybe I didn't look like I kept running into dead ends where I was like, yeah. where the fuck do I go? Like, I feel like I have all this. Yeah. There's not enough visual differentiation between this for me to create a reasonable mental map mm-hmm. of where to go. And the uh, getting these places tricky is tricky in a way where 
I cannot determine if I'm not meant to be able to get there mm-hmm. or I'm just not doing it well. Yeah. Oh, so the critical path has me climbing up this bit of rebar that looks like it is geometry that's clipping through stuff at accident. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, just, just bad. Yeah. Extremely bad. Um, we're not, you know, it takes forever. We're not going to talk about it that much. Other than the fact that while you're doing these annoying platforming cha- challenges, this woman <sighs> taunts you and sends exploding rats at you. That not only explode and damage you, but cause confusion, which yep. flips your screen. Yep. In the middle of these incredibly challenging platforming sections. Just why bottom of the barrel. Like, how did yeah. that, how did this get past anything? Yeah. Just, just horrible. Like some of the, some of the worst stuff we've done for the show. Yeah. Like I was so annoyed at this, Yeah, you know, and it's like, again, just drawing back to the beginning of the episode, like when people talk about psychonauts, they have things like this, like they, they're just like, oh yeah, that sucks. But, um, the the this line is worth it yeah you know it's worth the thing and it's like why does a a video game or a piece of art have to be this transactional model where you insert misery to get joy from another (laughs) spout you know it doesn't have to be that way yeah you know like 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 this just sucks just let it suck like it It doesn't we don't have to make a bargain yeah you don't have to bargain with stuff like this you know like there are things where it's like you put up with some stuff yeah right but there's something about this specific genre and the specific tasks that you're you're being told to do in this like mm-hmm. the fact that they are uh, explicitly platforming and that you are getting confused so it fucks with your interface right mm-hmm. like one of the things when i uh, when i sit down to to make fun of something that i know people of i think what are the what straw men can i create that are going to give me counterpoints and <laughs> one of the ones i thought of was like someone's going to be like oh you have a problem with this but you're you don't get mad at the the cursed sewers and torment and like one like yes i do get mad at that two the nature of that game is I can open the console up and be invincible. Yeah. If you just want to play torment for the story, that is an option. Mm-hmm. Like you can just do it. It's always an option. The amount is in your hands. Like you can just run past most of that stuff too. Like it's annoying. It's bad. Like the, you know, it's, it, but you don't have to really engage with it. There's no way to get to the top of this without engaging with both of those twin problems. No. And there are cheats for this game. And there's a really clever fucking thing where if you cheat, you hear your dad's voice for the first time. And that's <laughs> really clever and cool. But it doesn't stop you. It doesn't make this easier to navigate. It mm-hmm. doesn't make it easier to actually engage with this part of the game. Yeah. Like no, it's just, non-optional. It's mandatory. Yeah. It's it, it's like a game. I run, you run into this with uh, with the Evil Within, right? It's got mm. a difficulty slider. But the thing about that game that is difficult is not affected by it. Like that is just yeah. for combat. It is not for the instant death that is scattered throughout this. There's basically nothing you can do uh, like short of going into a console and no clipping and just flying up to where you need to be that like will that that, that will make this platforming better yeah you know and make it even if you don't take damage from the little exploding rats you're still getting confusion you are still having your rhythm interrupted yeah and so the way this is designed the way the 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 way that people you know were meant to go through this was to feel every single one of these hang-ups was to feel was to hit every seam like this because it's not a video game if it's not putting up res- this resistance. Like at the end of a game, you need to increase the challenge, which is like just like two like very broad principle things that like I've been thinking about like this year a lot mm-hmm. is like one, uh, you know, um, question that, right? Yeah. Like have your breather levels, have things be eerily silent and easy can can accomplish a lot. Yeah. But but two, um you know, it is always I'm always going to be interested and impressed when a video game will do something other than making you repeat yourself as a cost for failure. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And that's a, we got into an interesting conversation on the Slack about it because we were talking about um, like decision points in the Witcher, right? Like in the Witcher, you don't know what the fail condition is when you make the decision. Mm -hmm. You just ride the game goes forward. There is no fail condition for making the wrong decision, you know, or the walking dead, right? Like this person will remember that maybe I made a bad decision. Maybe I didn't, I don't know. And for some people that's rough. Mm -hmm. That's hard to understand. I can understand that. I don't understand people for whom mechanically are like, yeah, I just want to, I'm going to do this over and over. No. Like, give me this like really, really precise jumping puzzle. And like, we're not talking about Celeste here. Like this is not a finely tuned super meat boy esque platforming masterpiece, right? Like it's, it's janky as hell. Like, and just making me do it over and over and over because I failed accomplishes nothing that they're putting a huge expectation on us as the player without having done a commensurate amount of but without having put a commensurate amount of care into the way the platforming actually works yeah right you know and in a game like this where the point of it is i mean i remember thinking about this about undertale where i was like what is the point of undertale being hard like this is supposed to be a cute funny game with great music and like funny situations and likable characters and then they make that game very hard you can try over as many times as you want, but they make it very difficult. Yeah. And then it's like they then they say like, well, it's because when you die and you start over, somebody gives you a little message about not giving up and it's supposed to be about <laughs> perseverance. And like one, is that game really about that Two, How many fucking games are there about that? Is mm-hmm. that a unique enough thing to be worth saying here? No. Um, anything that this game could be saying about that perseverance or that challenge has been said better and since the beginning of video games yeah. and the unique things that it has to say are interfered with mm-hmm. by that, that other thing. So like focus on your strengths. Like, yeah. What do you want to get across with this? You know, don't, um, don't get in your own way. You're tripping over yourself. Don't get in your own way. You're tripping. You played yourself. Congratulations. You're DJ Khalid now. That's what happened to you. The, uh, that's how that gift goes, right? Um, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The, uh, so yeah, I don't, you know, I just, I, I got those, I got those flashbacks, like undertale flashbacks, like this flashbacks where I'm like, why are you hard? Yeah. Why are you hard? You know, you're, you're supposed to be funny. You don't have like hard and funny. Never go together. I thought you liked video games. Why are you like, why are you go, getting out here saying like, Oh, hard things are bad. Well, yeah, I, I think I need to direct you to it, to a little, all the duck feed presents I've been doing on noted hard games under the gungeon and divinity <laughs> original sin too. Which people regularly are telling me they're bouncing off of because they're too hard. <laughs> so I got the receipts. Straw man. Straw coal. Uh, <laughs> got the receipts. Um, I just I just think that like those the point of those is the challenge. The yeah. point of this is not. And yet they engages with it. And we're gonna get to meat circus and it's a thousand times worse. Mm-hmm. Just take copy and paste this part of the conversation and stick yeah. it in meat it, circus, and then we'll it, just be it, like bad jumps coach dad, you know, mm-hmm. Oleander dad, and that can be that that whole section. Yeah. <laughs> It just it will, it will, such a strange escalation for them to make for basically nothing. Like, like what point does this section serve to get to the top where Lobato's doing his thing? What does this say about the asylum, about Lobato himself? Like, you know, say what you will about <laughs> say what you will about the tenets of national socialism. Say what you will about like the worst of these levels. At the very least, when you're in a meat circus, there is something being said about the characters. There is theming. Yeah. This is just a big spooky building. What um, if this was an elevator ride and Raz thought about his buddies and like what he had gone through? Yeah. Or he thought about the people he'd helped or something. Yeah. You know? You know, I yeah. just I, I I generally don't like, you know, ju- jumping out and saying, oh, that's filler. Like like the this space literally doesn't need to be here and it is not moving yeah. it is not moving any pieces for you know forward like it's just it is just the cornmeal but like within the cornmeal is 
you know, some of those little poppers that you throw at the ground that, that, that explode and then it blows your teeth apart. Yep. <sighs> okay. Um, this sucks, but you get past it. It takes forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get past it. Uh, there's a crow that will stop. You have to turn invisible to get past them. Okay. You just haven't used invisibility for a little while. Yeah. Here goes. Uh, we run into this woman who's been taunting us, who is uh Shigor, the female Igor, mm-hmm. um, who is Lobato's assistant. And he's saying like, you've been giving me these terrible brains. Uh, if you don't bring me better, better brains, I'm going to kill your pet turtle. Yep. Mr. Pokelope. Yeah. Um, was who's wearing, this little king turtle. He's wearing a crown. Um, I fucking love Mr. Pokelope. Mr. Pokelope is very funny. The reveal for here, like, it's like, yes, you've done it on enough times. Uh, three times in the space of like four hours of just having somebody have an incongruous voice. <laughs> this shouldn't work, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as is. Yeah. Uh, Shigor so. Sh- voiced by Tara strong, just straight up doing bubbles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I find her voice incredibly annoying. Yes. I, I do not want to listen to her. Right. Um, so, upsta- so upstairs, Mila and Sasha are brainless, you know, again, saying TV and Lily has not had her brain extracted. So we need to, we need to work to, uh, to, to free her to do this. Um, we are working with Shigor. We, you know, we need to take away the leverage that Dr. Lobato has over, over her. We need to get Mr. Pokelope out, which we have to do just by luring him to the side of his cage with a piece of birthday cake. That's there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And then you then, then you TK him out. Yeah, it was it was his favorite. She he she had made a birthday cake for him. Mm. It's just to give it a little bit of adventure game. Yeah, yeah. DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, so you TK him out. You now have him as an inventory object. And here is like again, it impresses me. I didn't do this, but I was reading about it. You can go back to camp and talk to all the people whose brains you've saved. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about finding brains. Um, but you find brains. That's how that's how you do heart containers, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's not exactly the same. But that's how you get extra health. Um, and when you pick them up, you kiss them, which is gross. I love that. Uh, that can make you very sick. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's delicious. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you can go back and anybody who's brains you saved, um, which has, they kind of have in general, like disappointing amounts of dialogue. Yeah. Like you go back and you can just kind of chat with them and it's cute, but it doesn't mm-hmm. do a lot, but you can show them the turtle Yeah. and nobody has a, like a really funny joke, but they all have unique lines. They all recognize this, not, this doesn't, yeah. this, this doesn't look like anything to me. Yep. Yeah. So, um, this whole time she has been saying, he'll tell us what to do. You know, Mr. Pokelope will tell us what to do. Uh, turns out he actually is, he sent you and he has like a deep John shaft voice. Yeah. And they have an explicitly romantic relationship, Yeah, <laughs> which is, that's a great subversion. Like you think, uh, you know, oh, this is just going to be, you know, uh, a cute little girl with her pet, mm-hmm. but no, they're lovers. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Pokelope fucks. Like it is, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. he, so he whispers the plan. What we have to do, Shigor brings a really good brain uh to Dr. Lobato. Uh we never get like a lot of backstory on him. That is actually expounded on in um in the, the Ruin. Ruin. Yeah. yeah. Um but you know, he's just e- evil scientist guy. Uh, like, oh, here's this really good brain that, that really good brain that I'm sad to give you. It's actually Mr. Pokelope's brain. Um, and you can throw it into the brain tank and he blasts Lobato off of the tower, kind of taking him off the board. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we don't get a boss fight with him or anything. This kind of takes it. We're going to transition to other boss fights here in a moment. So you go upstairs and you, <laughs> and, and kind of a nice touch, you, you know, recranialize Sasha and Mia, and then you, uh, add your blast to theirs to free Lily. So like, you're mm-hmm. already working on a team with these badass agents, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Oleander shows up. He's kind of the mastermind behind this. 
Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he wants Raz's brain as the secret weapon. Yeah, he's got big um, plans for that mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he starts trying to zap everybody, but uh, Mia and Sasha get into like a psychic battle mm-hmm. with him. Um, and Mia puts you like tries to protect you. Like when you use clairvoyance on them, Sasha sees you as a little version of him mm-hmm. and Mia sees you as baby. Yes. Like you are a baby. <laughs> You're um, a baby. There's been this, this running thing with, uh, with, with Lily where she like, you can read her thoughts, mm-hmm. whether, you know, whether you're trying to or not, where she wants to make out with you. Yes. Kind of running joke with it. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees you as a knight in shining armor, which is kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, but they levitate you down off of the, uh, the tower. Yes. Um, and then a series of improbable events leads to the tower exploding. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Edgar, yeah. he pulls himself free from the change uh, from the chains, which uh, breaks a gas line. Uh, Gloria wants to water her plants, so she turns the gas line on. Um, Fred invites Boyd to leave. Uh, Boyd is the one who sold him Molotov. He says, "Okay, I've got one last job to do." He throws the Molotov cocktail, igniting the entire tower. Yeah, yeah, uh, cute little cutscene. Mm-hmm. And then Crawler yep. shows up and diffuses Oleander by blowing sneezing powder into his face, causing him to sneeze his brain out. Yep. He's got a, a bit of titanium on his back. That's yes. how he can operate uh, outside of things. And uh, as is happening, Lily and Raz finally kiss. The tower falls behind them. It's very cute. Um, but this debris comes down. Raz protects her from it. And Coach's brainless body crawls out of the wreckage looking for a TV. Mm-hmm. But his brain, unfortunately, has landed in a sci tank. Right. Uh, creating a uh, boss fight here. The yes. sci tank boss fight. Yep. The psycho blaster, which is a little bit of a, a repeat of the uh, sci tank that you fought before. This time, though, it has surrounded itself with debris. Mm-hmm. And you have to TK boulders into boards to create an opening. Pretty basic. Again, nothing too terribly inspired yeah. about it. No, you, you, have to, you have to TK the boulders into the boards and then light the boards on fire. Then TK records on top of the glass tank and do that three times. Yeah. It's a little annoying because everything is kind of rotating in this parallax. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of different speeds. Um, yeah. And they want you to, uh, he'll throw boulders at you. They're impossible to like dodge consistently. You're supposed to use the shield, which just means pressing start and switching to shield constantly. Yes. Like that should have been a button, not a, a power that you, and mm-hmm. that's one of the, like, when I think about Psychonauts 2 and I think about what things they can pr- can improve, it's not like they've spent this whole time making 3D platformers, right? Nope. Like, I don't think that's going to be a great 3D platformer, but surely somebody now would suggest making that a button. Yeah. You know, like having a parry or, or shield button as opposed to, like, making it an inventory power. Mm-hmm. So um, you do this thing. It's There's not a whole lot to it. Um, you go up into the tank to get uh, Oleander's brain, but a blast of the sneezing powder uh, makes you lose your brain. Right. So now you control your brain on its own using TK to throw yourself into the tank. I love that. Um, That's really good. It, it's pretty funny. It's yeah. cute. Um, and, uh, you know, and your consciousness merges the Oleanders in the tank. And then we, we now have the finale, which is your childhood and Oleander's childhood kind of mixed. Um, this is the meat circus. You know, you, you appear, you've got a little baby, uh, Oleander calls himself Ollie and he is obsessed with protecting these bunnies. We're going to find out why here, uh, meat circus infamous, you know, one of the worst levels we've done for the show. 
Yeah, yeah. This is this is. I mean, I, I I'm gonna put the fucking Asylum floors on that list too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's crazy to have two Psychonauts levels in the bottom ten, but like, here we are. Yep. Um, because this is just a nightmare. Like, this is. I played the original hard version. I did it by uh, riding that save state button mm-hmm. to kind of make my keep myself sane. Yeah. Um, they improve this, but at its fundamentals, like the base level, it is broken and bad. Right, right. So the and, way that they improved it was they changed what actually took away your lives, and they changed a little bit of the checkpointing. I got to tell you, I played the. <laughs> I got to tell you, I played the PS4 version, and um, the checkpoints are still fucking egregious. Yeah. Well, they also did. They also change. Um, so I've never played the new version. They also changed the uh, time limit part of it. So like, while this is happening. Um, like these rabbit creatures are killing Oleander and you have his health bar to worry about. Mm-hmm. So when I played this originally, you know, when I was 25 or whatever, the thing that made me want to destroy my, like throw myself off a bridge was that not only was I doing this annoying platforming and annoying combat, I had this time limit of this other health bar. Yeah. Is that changed in the updated version? Still there. Maybe they, okay. maybe they relaxed a little bit, but yeah, yeah. no, uh, but plenty of deaths, plenty of start overs back at the beginning of the level, no matter how far I got. Um, uh, yeah, uh, were, were the result, uh, the result of, uh, Oleander being, uh, being attacked. I, I basically did this as a Taz bot. Yeah. <laughs> like was how I, how I played it and made it okay. Which meant it was incredibly time consuming, but I did not have to watch as many like loading screens Yeah, yeah. and repeat myself. Um, um so the, and just, the rhythm is like, or go ahead. And, and, and just generally, um, I didn't beat this game, Gary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, we just want to lay this out here. I got to the final, the, the next to final boss. I was about to land the final hit. Um, and the game crashed. All that I had was the autosave at the beginning of the meat circus. So all that we're describing, um, I would have had to do again, um, in order to get through. So that is my, uh, that, that is my mea culpa. Yeah. You yeah. beat it before. Yes. You know, so, so you, so you know, uh, you know about it. Yeah. It's uh and I don't blame anybody for quitting out at this point. Yep. You know, like no, nobody should beat this. No, like literally no one should do this level. I shouldn't have done it twice in my life. <laughs> like I shouldn't have done this twice before I died. They shouldn't yeah. have made it. Like it's really bad. Um, the, uh, so the kind of structure of it is Oleander, uh, is chasing his bunny while these rabbit creatures attack him. They kind of gang up on him and start hitting him. And you have to do a series of platforming challenges to get to him and rescue him which then cause them to go up to another level and do a more intense version of platforming challenges. Yeah. Um, um, really, really harsh checkpointing. Um, the collision stuff, it's like very precise. You're doing a mm-hmm. lot of trapezing. Yes. In these sections. Um, and a lot of just like my mantle failing to fire. Yep. Mantle like, failing I, to fire. Um, so there are sections where you have these knife throwers who are throwing uh, their knives at a board that is rotating and you have to, juke them so they hit the board and not you uh like whether or not the knives would track you and hit you and not the board is just incredibly inconsistent and when you're waiting for the timer uh when you're when you're fighting against the timer waiting for that knife to come all the way back around while you are just either taking damage uh or trying not to take damage and failing um you're you know like just like hey clock's ticking yeah it doesn't feel good yeah like it feel it feels very bad and that kind of tracking that the knife thrower has is just again this game sacrificing something for challenge mm-hmm. like it's more challenging that he is more likely to hit you like he's a threat he might hurt you yeah you know video games but it doesn't help like it's not additive to this as an artistic experience at all mm-hmm. you know yeah <sighs> oh yeah 
to to say something positive, those rabbit creatures that are going after uh, Oleander, uh, genuinely cool and disturbing. The fact that they come out of these meat grinders. Yeah. 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 Good, we, good, we, good scary gonna... designs. Yep. 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 Um, we eventually get to, uh, to the top of this, and uh, there's this tunnel of love, because this is, again, is a circus mixed with meat, mm-hmm. um, which is a rail grinding challenge. Uh, the ra- rail grinding in this game has never been developed or robust enough to justify this. Right. Like, or even really close. Um, and there's just a lot of it. Um, you get to this room with a giant meat grinder and the butcher appears. And it's a gigantic butcher. Um, at some point we get the actual exposition as to what's happening. Yeah. Um, this is Oleander's childhood. His father was a butcher. I think, uh, Crawler pops out of your ear and tells you, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, you know, uh, his dad was a butcher. Um, he must've wanted to save the rabbits. He didn't like the butchering. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, his dad, the voice acting. On the, on the dad is a phenomenal mm-hmm. like again like they didn't skimp on any of the good things of this last part like <laughs> right. the bad things got worse and worse and worse but the good things stayed just as good like yeah. th- there's this thing where he's just like stop running or i'm gonna kill you and the way he delivers he goes like stop running or i'm gonna kill you like, <laughs> yep. he, he does this like nah like this like he, really he, really he does like a jack torrance thing yeah kill ya. like it's it's very like it's very hoo-ha <laughs> you know he's gonna he's gonna give me a dunk of chino i'm like way way into it you know <laughs> like i just i, I just love it uh-huh. um it's just really really great uh voice acting and the most stock standard like you know in 2005 was it impressive to climb up a boss like you know like kind of i mean feet? like they had a whole game that like that was made yeah. of that i <laughs> yeah, remember that like where it was like actually there's a sense of scale because this is just he chases you he hits his knife into the ground you climb up on the knife and you can hit him on one spot. That's a weak point. There's nothing to indicate that just his head would be a weak point, weak point, mm-hmm. but that's his weak point. Yeah. Um, attack him and uh, do that enough times until he eventually escapes. Uh, and then your dad shows up this whole time. You talked about your dad, how your dad hated psychics um, because of the, the family curse that you have. They killed uh, his father. And this, mm-hmm. he, he's like this, like pretty grotesque version of your dad. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he looks like a uh, Tom Waits in that, um, Terry Gilliam movie or whatever. Oh yeah. Like he's got like that kind of thing going for him. Like yeah. Tyler Demelian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a, just a blue, blue skin, red hair, just a complete kind of completely zombified uh, and, and incredibly cruel. Like, you know, yeah. he, he climbs out of this bacon envelope and is like, Oh, Raz, what have you done to my circus? You know, you've been hanging out with those fortune tellers, you know, yeah. and just saying bigoted stuff against psychics and also berating his son for not measuring up. And so this starts the second leg of the, of the level, uh, the acrobatic run is, is, is yes. what this is called, where he is going up all of this, you know, uh, acrobatic equipment kind of stuff. And you have to chase after him while a water level is rising below you. So this is timed with instant death below you as you are doing incredibly demanding platforming. Oof. Yeah. Um, Oof, so yeah, Special, uh, special shouts out, um, you know, mega fuck yous to whoever decided to put that curved cage uh, at the top mm. of this um, mm-hmm. with parts of it that are just on fire. And if you hit the fire, uh, you uh, let go and boop, you're, you're over. It's done. Um, yep. And yeah. And, and like, if you just do a double jump, you are not able to, uh, to, to, to get the next little section as well. You have to like double jump out and then glide back in and a move that makes no intuitive sense. Yeah. yeah. Really, really horseshit. Yeah. Absolutely horseshit. Um, you know, your dad calls you a, a cheater, you know, and there's a lot of, again, uh, dad stuff. Like you used to like it when you played catch and he throws juggling pins at you, yeah. you know, daddy issues, etc. 
Um, for somebody who uh, says so few feelings about my father, daddy issue stuff doesn't really work on me. Yeah. I didn't expect this kind of thing to be a little bit more resonant, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it really isn't. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, you get to the end, he pierces this wall, which sucks you into another part of the tent. And now Raz's dad and the butcher have kind of like merged. Well, no, this is uh, where they team up. Like this is another, oh, the, yeah, yeah. this is the boss fight that crash for me, uh, gotcha. where the butcher is walking around and his blades are on fire now. So you can't run up them. Um, and, uh, Raz's dad is throwing the juggling things. Um, gotcha. out. you have to TK the juggling pins into the butcher to make him take a knee so you can go up and, uh, berate him for not loving yeah. America. Yep. Uh, obnoxious. Yeah. Um, the ghost. So you've had this ghost kind of talking to you this whole time, and appears into real dad, who is like actually a good guy. He's like shocked to see how uh, you see him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's also a psychic, and he just wanted to keep you safe. Yes. Um. You know, he wasn't against psychics. He just wanted you not to. Yeah. You know, go chase some waterfalls. <laughs> he didn't want you to go into the high stakes world of being a being a psychic assassin. Yeah. Don't yeah. be like me. Right. Um, so now here is where the butcher and evil dad uh, combine into a gigantic <laughs> like kind of Frankenstein um, where he moves very fast during this. And real dad kind of gives you this huge energy body turning you into a Kaizo as well. Mm-hmm. So you can do this beat him up thing. There's like nothing to it. Yeah. Like he chases you very fast. You have to move very quickly or turn invisible mm-hmm. to get away from the, the big butcher dad. Uh, and then just wait kind of for your dad to power you back up to do this smackdown. Yeah. Uh, not good. Yeah. Like this final phase is not incredibly hard mm-hmm. and I prefer, I'll take this over platforming. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing good about it as far as being fun though. Yeah. Um, like theming is neat. Like I like the design on the boss. I like the design on energy rats. Um, mm-hmm. but not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough. Too little, too late. Yeah. Um, but eventually though you beat him and you've now beat the final boss of psychonauts. Yeah. So, um, Raz goes down. Yeah. Uh, monster goes down Raz and his dad they flee through this collapsing mental landscape um and now they are just back in the the you know in Raz's mind uh the conjoined mi- mind of Raz and Oleander uh all the meat is gone um and it's just the caravan and then it's Oleander's rabbit hutches as they separate and now you are no longer entangled mm-hmm. yep <laughs> um and then we are in the final kind of cinematics the game ends with Oleander giving the speech the campers saying like now the demons uh, made me insane are gone uh, and he points <laughs> this cat scan which is very funny <laughs> and, like, I, and I present exhibit three which is this cat scan that clears me yeah. of responsibility yeah, a certified sane you know <laughs> yeah. Homer presenting the the certificate like yeah. very funny um and uh, we're in this like denouement like Ford Cruller appears he's got the titanium backpack um and recruits raz for a psychonaut mm-hmm. like you know it's like you could leave and go back with your dad but you can be a, a psychonaut and we get to see one final like little rocky triumph thing mm-hmm. of you in the uniform you wanted which is genuinely awesome like, yeah super great moment like you've earned <laughs> it kid like i love raz yeah uh so much you get ready to leave the camp um lily's like hey where you're you know they're doing the the end of camp thing like hey where's your family live you know like hey this is gonna around, be a summer yeah. romance it's gonna go away uh is what you think mm-hmm. you know and they, they kiss as if they're saying goodbye but Sasha and Mia appear and say there's been another kidnapping. <laughs> oh, Andrews, I was here the whole time. You all saw it. <laughs> yeah, very funny. Yeah. Um, and the victim of the kidnapping is Truman Zanotto, uh, who is the head of the Psychonauts and Lily's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so you decide to become a Psychonaut instead of going back home. It's not goodbye to Lily. Mm-hmm. And as we find out in the sequel, it's like you're working together in the Psychonauts uh, kind of base and stuff like that. Yeah. And then that's the end of, of Psychonauts. Yeah. Like one of the best games I hate take no joy in playing uh, and just a very 
frustrating and weird and conflicting experience the entire time if you so this feels like a weird and distant cousin of the like of pathologic and the pathologic problem mm-hmm. you know where like that 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 is the most amazing game that i would recommend nobody play right um, different reasons though so absolutely that, yeah yeah brought that that up in the slack and this is not bad on purpose nope <laughs> the, like, like, the, like the, the the badness here is not to a point it is not trying to grind you down yeah, you, you're meant to be uh, triumphant. Like that moment at the end where you put on the Psychonaut suit is supposed to, it feel, felt awesome. It's supposed to feel awesome. Would have felt awesomer if I wasn't so annoyed by the previous, you know, three hours of bad platforming. Yeah. You know, that I just done. Like, just, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's weird. It's hard to recommend to, to me to somebody play this now. Like, I think there are people who played it at the time. Like, there are people who play it now and don't have a problem with it. And I just have a different experience. I can't explain that. Um, there are people who played it then who are like, oh, yeah, I love that game. Um, I would caution like, yeah. people to revisit this. Like, you know, it's it's still funny. The writing is actually maybe better than you remember. But mm-hmm. the other things I assure you will be worse. Um, and it's just I, you know, I keep saying it like it is a bad way to experience a comedy movie having just a low level of irritation the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, there... you had, like a ticket to a good movie and you got fired right before you went, <laughs> you know, yeah. looking for this movie forever. Oh, yeah, you know? It's frustrating because you, you, you want to make recommendations, right? Like, okay, there's good stuff here. How do you get it? Um, yeah. and I don't know that I could say like, Oh, watch a YouTube comp- compilation of the cutscenes, Right. Um, I don't know that I could say like, oh, just like watch a no commentary let's play and you, and you'll get it. I don't know if I watched a let's play of this, I would just be frustrated by the jumps. Like I would yeah. imagine myself playing it and you know, who knows if that would feel worse than actually doing it. But like, man, like, oh. but like the, 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 there's enough of the theme that comes through in the actual exploration and stuff that that feels like, uh, just like it, it, a part of the overall package that you don't just want to skip over. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, it would be boring as like a let's play. Yeah, you know because you you would end up watching a lot of the jumps, and even if you weren't frustrated uh, in in watching it, you would still it's not fun to watch. Like it's mm-hmm. not like there's a lot of mastery, there's not a lot of like skill going on, there's not a lot of expressiveness in play. No, you know which is what you might want from that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the best way to experience this either. Like there is like a three hour cutscene compilation, which will probably give you some of it. Yeah. You know, like you, there's a, there's a lot of ways to experience like 70, 70% of what's good about this mm-hmm. and none of what's bad. Yeah. There's no way to experience everything that's good about it and none of what's bad. Yeah. You know, it's either like take the whole pill or not. And I just, I didn't have fun, yeah. you know, playing the game at all. Like, I think that, you know, we, we talked about this. I think this, you know, what you would give up if you made this a comic or a cartoon, right. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, exploring a space as a metaphor thing would not come across quite as strongly. Right. Um, you wouldn't necessarily have the clear, like the attention to detail gags, like the clairvoyance or the, um, you know, making, having an author choose what to show you mm-hmm. in terms of those things takes away a little bit about what's special about it. Yeah. Is that worth the trade of playing a 12 hour, really bad 3d platformer? Like yeah. to me, it is like getting 80% of what's good about this mm-hmm. would be worth getting none of what's bad about it. Yeah. Personally, but I really think interactive CD-ROM, like walking sim world of psychonauts mm-hmm. or a PC patch that removes the enemies and it just gives you a door that gets you to the end of every platforming challenge. Yeah. Give me a tourist um, mode. <laughs> give me a tourist mode of this. Like, let me just, I think that's what would do it. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to explore and talk to people and kind of yeah. get to know this world. All that stuff's great. I just never want to hit jump. 
Yeah. Give me, give me a psychonauts by way of like telltale or something. I don't know. Yeah. Telltale psychonauts is a phenomenal idea. Yeah. You know, like that, that would be, you know, that, that would be really good. Yeah. You know, and if it was all those labor abuses that stopped from getting that or Telltale's Venture Brothers, which is the thing I really wanted. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> great. Um, but this, yeah, this would have been great. And it's like it's this weird thing where I'm so like the goodwill, like the amount I want this to succeed, the amount I like Tim Schafer, mm-hmm. the amount I love these characters. It's like, man, like I'm probably you know, not going to pre-order it, but I'll probably play Psychonauts, too, even mm-hmm. though it's in a genre I don't like. And they have done nothing to earn my trust, either as a franchise or a company. You know, as far as like it being a good game to play, no, like I don't have any confidence about that, but I'm just like, yeah, I do want to see him go on adventures as a psychonaut. Like, you know, like at the end of the day, like, yes, I would like to see that. I'm invested. Um, I want to see him. I want to see him fight alongside Mia and Sasha. Like just, I I, I love these characters so much. Yep. I want to like Lily has, it looks like she has a bigger part in it. I want to see more about that. Like, Mm -hmm. I like that stuff. I think that's cool. I just, uh, man, I wish this was more fun to play. Um, yeah. And and it's I, there's also like I think that like gamer psychographics like as a gamer American like I go through phases right like there are times where I am much more kind of narratively charged and would get a little bit more out of this mm-hmm. there's there's a little bit of this is hitting me like at peak system Gary yeah like I'm just where I'm just like I want to admire mechanics I want to have things that feel good in my hands I want to like you know I want to do that kind of thing yeah. and I'm I'm in a real phase with that kind of stuff where I'm less likely to turn the other cheek on bad stuff but like you in general, I think are more likely to turn the other cheek on that stuff. And this still got past your barriers. Yeah. Like as an annoyance, you know, so it's not just me being cranky because I don't like average things that have charm. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, 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 you know, I, I can extend enough benefit of the doubt in the moment and then gather the pieces later to put together and say, all right, let's, let's put this together and see how it goes. Like for me though, in the moment, the friction was enough that like, I, I didn't relish sitting down to play this i had to yeah. i had to really i had to really force myself to do it uh which is which is just a you know it's a shame and that that is always a bad sign for games that we cover on the shows because normally yeah you know it's it's fine to sit down and play a game for a show yep no yeah. yep agreed like that that is you know that's basically how i feel about it like at the end of the day if i'm not looking forward to playing it if i don't want to, to play it if i don't want to sit down and play it like that's a pretty damning statement yeah of it you know and that's not always true of you know i, I think inevitably some people will be like well that might be partly because you do this you know it's work and it's like yeah you know, it, that but, happens sometimes it, but it like should... you'd be surprised by how often i like really look forward to sitting down and playing stuff for work yeah it would happen no, it, it would happen more often i think if that was the case yeah like there there are, i can this year like what we've done, I can think of more examples than not of things I like sat down and really wanted to play, mm-hmm. you know, like I devoured life is strange. Yeah. You know, and like, even right now we're doing mirror's edge, which is going to end up probably being my favorite of the three that we've done as far as things to play. Um, and I like look forward to playing more of it. Like it's, it's a great game in small doses. It's hard mm-hmm. to mainline because it yeah. kind of has one trick, yeah. but that trick is fun and yeah. it has jank. It, the mantling does not, you know, uh, fire every time. I don't know why that's so hard. But like mantling doesn't always fire, but it is very fun to play. Like it's fun in my hands. I like it. I, I want to play more of it. Yeah. So like it's not just because of, you know, just because I had in time Psychonauts both had a hard time drawing me in does not mean that like that necessarily is just what life is for me yeah. as a gamer American. Yeah. So anywho, um, thank you very much to Gwen. Yeah. For, for suggesting this. I know, you know, sometimes somebody suggests something and we're down on it and I don't want, I never want them to feel bad because it's like, 
No, like it's it's you know this is the, this is the act. This is the this is the the practice, right? Is mm-hmm. is going through the thing and evaluating it, and really, you know, one of the things I'm thankful about for the show is solidifying my my feelings on something. Yeah, you know, just being like, yeah, like. I gave that or I paid a lot of attention to that. Mm-hmm. I really sat down and examined what I thought of it. Yep. I, 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 I worked hard to give it its due. Yep. I, yeah, exactly. I worked hard to give this its due. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, uh, so thank you uh, very much. Next episode, as we mentioned, uh, Mirror's Edge. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, by the time you're hearing this, you have a little bit of time. Uh, the deadline is the 15th mm-hmm. uh, of the month to, uh, send in your responses um about uh mirror's edge ahead in time or psychonauts yep um for 3d platform a month for the response episode mm-hmm. go to duckfeed.tv slash contact mm-hmm. um please please separate uh your observations uh you know one one response per game that just makes it easier for us to include things um mm-hmm. if you have thoughts about the games for august which are way of the samurai final fantasy 5 or wolfenstein the new order uh then the deadline for that is august the 15th Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, a real quick programming note about sponsoring episodes. Um, you can still do so if you go to patreon.com slash TV. We're almost out of slots for 2819. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019. That doesn't mean you can't do it. We're going to start taking, you know, we'll start reserving 2020. We don't have a problem with going that far in advance. I just mm-hmm. don't want anyone to feel bad about it. Um, so just so you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you have something like that, let us know first. Yeah. And yeah. I can give you an accurate idea of when we can fit it into the calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been awesome. The stuff we have, you know, like we're 95 or 99% set on the rest of the year and it's mm-hmm. cool stuff. I think people yeah. are really going to dig it. A lot of episodes I'm really looking forward to. Same. So, um, yeah. And you can also just do that to support us. If you go to patreon.com slash duck TV, um, you get full episodes of this show at $5. You get access to the Slack, you get bonfire side chat, you get object suffering, you get unfilmable, you get all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. at $10, $10, you get even more and it only gets more stuff from there. Um, we like to make sure people get a lot for their money Yes, uh, for this. Um, Speaking of a lot yeah. for your money, uh, Duckfest tickets have gone on sale. Duckfest tickets, as of recording, mm-hmm. they are on sale. Yeah. Um, the uh, This is a podcast festival we are throwing in Portland, Oregon on August 31st. Um, it is a full day of duck feed shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, from our camp, we are doing uh, this show, Watch Out for Fireballs, Bonfireside Chat, Abject Suffering, um, Everything to Guppy, and Days of Future Cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we also have two guest podcasts that are local, uh, Pitch Please and SpecScript. Um, so it's going to be a full day with like an intermission. It's in a theater. It will mm-hmm. be really fun. Uh, come eat junk food like a 12-year-old with us. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, we got cool plans. Yeah. So tickets for that are $15. No convenience fee or anything like that. Uh, just go to duckfeed.tv slash duckfest um, and consider coming to join us. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. You get a button. We're yeah. using buttons instead of tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, if you have that button, you get in. Um, and, uh, people can, uh, you know, you get a little button yeah. and we also have like a bag of stuff we're going to give you and everything. It's going to be a really fun time. Yep. I think, um, we're doing a meetup afterwards at a barcade. Like it's going to be like a, one of those like long, good days. Yes. Um, I think, um, we would love to see you. So please come out. Um, yeah. And then like ratings and reviews, telling your friends, all those things are very useful. I just, we need, appreciate it. I just need to make sure I don't eat any sketchy shellfish like right before duck fest. Yeah, please don't <laughs> no. like if so, I mean, we'll put you on display. Like I got, um, <laughs> I can. I looked into a place to rent a dunk tank, and we can just <laughs> empty it out of water and just put you in the bottom of it, and then you can just have whatever shellfish thing happens, and we'll all just sit in silence as like a Lynchian nightmare, as uh, people go into. I'm going to get everyone to dress like they're from the 20s uh-huh. and sit in the theater and watch you in the dunk tank, just uh, having a shellfish explosion. You know? Yeah. So, 
<laughs> bravo, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Bravo. If you if you if you buy tickets for this, you're signing up for this art fuckery that I want to do. So just know that it's a happening. It's not a festival. <laughs> right. Duck happening didn't sound as good. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, really fun. I I am gonna make sure I don't have any. Uh, it's gonna be a good week to be very careful about my health. Yeah, just advance, just, just be just be on a bland diet. Nothing, nothing but peanuts and yeah. rice. Yeah, peanut, peanut, peanuts and rice, and then uh, just like going to sleep at nine p.m. and waking up at nine a.m. <laughs> like just just like all you know, tons of sleep. Yeah, just, just uh, it, it, don't sleep in a bed. Sleep suspended in a in, in a saline gel. Yeah, yeah. Yep. like vitamin B injections directly into my eyes, like mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Uh, so if you'd like to see the after effects of that, uh, <laughs> we have, and then we have some dumb shit planned. Like, I think it'll be fun. So just uh, just look forward to the dumb shit. It'll be some serious shit, but also uh-huh. some dumb shit. Yeah. Um, hopefully it will be a mix that matches what the what the network is. Yes. So um, that's about it. I think so. Uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Um, they should watch out for the rabbits, George.